Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Uh... Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex. Oh, by the way, thank you. It's Women's History Month. Not forgetting that. Uh, never forget. Also, <laughs> we watched Eye of the Tiger, which has... How many women are in this? Like, two? Maybe two and a half? Uh, more at the beginning than at the end. Right, yeah. Something happens at one point, and like, they don't have any more women in it. Which, oversight on the director's part, he's canceled. But uh, other than that, we really enjoyed it. Enjoyed is an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, people who are going to see this episode will probably see the Snyder Cut of Justice League in the title. So we watched a good movie and a good movie. We'll let you determine which is which. <laughs> it's a fucking coin flip, man. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> uh, Parker, before we get into either one, do we have any news? So the Snyder Cut's released to glorious fanfare. The c- general consensus, surprisingly, is like, well, this isn't amazing, but this is way better, like... Why would you get this movie in and just cut it down and give it to Joss Whedon to redo? Right. Everyone's positive on it. WB looks fucking stupid. So they hold a conference a couple days later like, Hey man, so uh, are you going to do like the original cut of Suicide Squad? And they went, No. (laughs) Now don't get me wrong. I don't think David Ayer's true vision of Suicide Squad is probably any higher than a fucking D+. But also like... This just happened this weekend, and everyone liked it more. Like, just, just give him a week to re-edit the footage that he already made. Guys, like, it's the... already done. They just don't want <laughs> just you to see it. Just sitting in a vault. Now, Parker, I read at the end of that blurb that they want to make a Blue Beetle movie. Sure, whatever. I don't you know can what just that say is, words. So, <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? You can just say whatever the thing you want. Kafka turns into. <laughs> I don't read books. And also, don't worry, they made sure to go ahead and just say, hey, absolutely no more Zack Snyder DC movies. This is the only time that will ever happen. Also, because they didn't pay for it. So way to ride that high to be like, hey guys, glad you guys enjoyed it. This is never happening again. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Please don't cancel your HBO Max. Um, so also, I posted this in the Discord, but I don't know if either of y'all saw it. So the black and white version of Justice League, because of... <laughs> course he did did either of you see what it's called no what's it called is it the decolorized version chris look at me my eyes the justice is gray edition <laughs> <laughs> he is so fucking cool dude he is my favorite director i love him so much just to cut into our thoughts for later, before I got a chance to watch it, someone posted the screen cap of it being in the 4-3 ratio. I thought that was a joke. <laughs> and then I hit play. And this motherfucker really had a title card saying that they put it in the 4-3 aspect ratio because he cut this movie for streaming in IMAX. He's so fucking cool. He's my hero. 
Uh, friend of the show, Zack Snyder, please come on. We can talk about whatever you want. <laughs> That's also, a, a bunch of Marvel that movies. I'm afraid to give out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Also, Marvel movies got pushed back. I don't care. Yeah, They're okay. never coming out. Yeah, whatever. The day I pay $30 for Black Widow is the day you find me fucking hanging from the rafters. <laughs> Alright, so, yeah, October sounds about right. Absolutely. Alright. Uh, God, if I can plan it right. Do we guys have any jerks of the week? Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> I'll let you go first. I don't want to steal yours again. My jerk of the week is that ship captain that tried to Tokyo drift for the Suez Canal. Oh, I was going to do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> all I can think about is Austin Powers. He's stuck in that hallway. <laughs> Captain, why do they call you DK? <laughs> I'm just imagining one of those videos, those little tiny ass tugboats trying to get it out of there with just dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> well, my jerk of the week is, of course. All of the jerks at Warner Brothers. The movie was finished. All you had to do was release it a year ago. <laughs> it was done. They totally didn't film a scene with the Batman and the Joker that I cannot wait to talk about for 45 minutes. You guys. Oh, that's going to be... Chris, who's yours? My jerk... That's going to be a lengthy conversation. My jerk of the week is the Indianapolis Colts for signing Carson Wentz and then saying that it was only going to be a, a second round pick when the draft picks clearly state there'll be a first round pick. <laughs> now that we've got Joe Flacco over, we got a real uh, quarterback conversation going on here. I mean, Jalen Hurts, he could also be like a dual threat sort of quarterback. Maybe he could play like wide receiver. He could be like a deep threat and Joe Flacco can try to get like defensive pass interference penalties. He can sort of bait them. Kind of like Torrey you guess, Smith. Uh, you guys think Joe Flacco's going to try to hit for the bird cycle? <laughs> I would. He's going to play for the Cardinals next. <laughs> I like that phrase. I hit for the bird cycle. <laughs> bird cycle. <laughs> it's, I mean, I can see it. All of the bird teams suck ass. <laughs> you need leadership from a Super Bowl MVP. All right. Um, well, you know, there's no point... To, well, I'll tell you what. Since this is going to be such a long thing, uh, and I have basically nothing else to talk Thank you. about. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Alex, did you watch anything recently that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, sure. I got a couple. Okay. Man, so uh, Gemini Man kind of sucked, huh? Oh, you actually watched it? <sighs> I still that? have not gotten there. Yeah. I'm I, sure I will one day. Yeah, I, I think it was like immediately after we recorded last week. Like, I oh. had some energy. Like, sat down on the couch, was like... I'm just going to find something streaming and put it on. And I settled on that because it's like one of those things that like, I mean, somebody's got to watch it, right? I guess. Law of averages. <sighs> I just can't believe that it's a Will Smith movie with just zero charisma. Like nothing. He plays two characters and each one of them's like literally like less than half of his personality, which as you find out with the twist later where there's more Will Smiths adds up. Oh, you never saw After Earth, did you? I'll get there. Oh, you, Give me time. you really don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I still have Battlefield Earth as an assignment, so... Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. But, uh... Like, it's weird. Okay, so this is maybe the only movie I've ever seen 
that simultaneously made me go, all of these action scenes are cool as shit and gave me a headache. Because normally it's one or the other. And I don't know what it would have looked like with, with Ang Lee's, like, true vision or whatever. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of true vision talk on this podcast this week, so <laughs> I'm not going to belabor that point. But, like, there's, like, scenes where they're rolling around on the ground fighting, like, right in front of the camera, and the camera's being pulled back. They made me go, like, damn, that's a sick shot. I wonder how they did that. And then I took a Benadryl. Because, like, it's just... just <laughs> I don't... It's just, like, this movie... There's nothing there. There's actually just nothing there. It's... As somebody that's watched every single one of these fucking, like, generic-ass Netflix action thrillers, it didn't really feel any different than, like, whatever that fucking Chris Hemsworth movie was that came out, like, a year and a half ago. I don't even remember the name of it. I don't remember what happens, but, like, yeah. Okay. I get it. Just kind of a disappointment. I I was hoping I had something more to say, but... I think that was overall the critical reception to Gemini Man was uh, not overwhelmingly positive. I remember everyone was really hyped for it. It was like, oh man, Will Smith, Will Smith versus Will Smith? That's got to be a treat. No one's ever thought about that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, cool concept, a horrible execution. You hate to see it. Now for a movie that did not have horrible execution, called American Ninja 3. Yes. Blood Hunt. Blood Did you say Blood Hunt? Correct. (laughs) Sounds like the hunt for the Blood Orchid. Now, American Ninja 3 (laughs) features a different lead than American Ninjas 1 and 2. However, the movie also starts with his backstory, where we see his dad get murdered Batman's parents style at a karate tournament before the kid (laughs) is taken away by a ninja to train. Wait, 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 wait. Was the kid able to break the blocks? No, this is real ninja shit, dude. No, no. <laughs> the dad was the one doing karate, not the child. Oh, <laughs> so no, then. I, yeah, I was going to say it's like if this kid uh, was able to break the blocks, then you know Walter would have been abducted. Just, just the fact that like they had to recast their lead because the lead of the first two movies refused to film a movie in apartheid South Africa. <laughs> And then rather than just recasting his character, making up a different American guy who's been trained by ninjas. (laughs) And also the sidekick from the first two movies returns. So There will never be another canon film, you guys. (laughs) You figure it out. The bad guy's plot is that he wants to be, like, the Elon Musk of terrorism and just, like do cool science bioweapons and just give it to all the terrorists because the terrorists are, I guess, too bad at killing people. We find out that the one terrorist general is the guy that murdered the main character's parents at the karate tournament at the beginning of the movie. Because, you know, that's what, like, warlords from third world countries do. They just go to karate tournaments and blow people away. (laughs) There's absolutely a scene where the main character powers up with like blue magic and I swear to god it looks like he's going super saiyan silver clocking his nanites I I love the American ninja movies so much you guys (laughs) they are all incredible so far and I'm very excited to watch the fourth one this week in which we get the lead from the first two movies and this guy working together Oh my god, we got a real triple X3 situation here. 
<laughs> just <laughs> you're watching this movie it's like this is incredibly dope why did the lead not want to do it it's like oh because he was against racism cool got it <laughs> thank you <laughs> you're in the wrong business kid yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys can do your comic book movie thing now i'm good i don't need to talk about anything else okay so um there, there should be some sort of structure to the way that we talk about this um I guess the way we should talk about it is... First time for everything. Right. <laughs> for real. Yeah, but this is a movie that kind of requires it. I guess before we talk about what happens in the movie itself, we should probably talk about the situation that surrounded it, which would be brief because most people know what happens. Uh, then we can talk about the movie, and afterwards, you know, talk about um, the movie as some sort of wrap-up or something. We'll figure something out here. So, Alex, do you... Re- Never mind. Parker, do you remember watching the theatrical cut of Justice League? <laughs> I remember being there. It's like, how? <laughs> I mean, that's mostly what I remember. I remember physically watching it and being like, man, this... My expectations were rock bottom. I mean, here we are. Yeah. This sucks ass. Well, the thing is, it's, it's even worse because it was a follow-up to Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Uh, did I guess Wonder Woman came out before this. Did one? Uh, yes. yes, I think. It, yeah, I think it did. Um, oh boy, it was uh, not exactly pleasant, was it? And yeah, exactly. You know, pretty, the ex- I thought it was pretty pleasant. <laughs> it's not fair. I'm, it's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was really. And everyone knew it was bad. Like everyone was disappointed by Batman v Superman. No one was looking for like, boy, I can't wait to see them all together. Uh, and then we get that on the screen, and everyone's disappointed. But the one thing that everyone knew was that Zack Snyder had a family tragedy, uh, and most of his work was replaced by reshoots done by one Joss Whedon, who boy <laughs> that aged like milk. Good choice, guys. Yeah, Joss Whedon apparently uh, has been canceled. Uh, here's the thing: even when we were watching it, Parker and I we were really quick to be like, "That's." absolutely a Joss Whedon reshoot and we're doing that like a dozen times throughout the entire movie turns out less than 10% of Zack Snyder's stuff was used in the uh, theatrical cut and even the stuff that he did shoot was recolored to look like barf like even the same action scenes like watching this time like I don't I haven't seen it since theaters but I don't remember enjoying this set piece and yet I'm enjoying it now yeah that's a like, really even good just point. the way individual scenes were chopped as shit because they had to just mash it into a two-hour runtime so they could get more sh- screenings in. Yeah, I mean, there are so many scenes that I, I, I genuinely cannot imagine what Joss Whedon was thinking when he tried to fix all of this. But it's easy to blame Joss Whedon because that's a name, but a lot of this is on Warner Brothers because that's the studio that looked at this and said, no, 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 we know more about filmmaking, we're going to make the decisions here. Uh now, obviously, the theatrical cut was not well received, and then time passes, the wind starts to chill a little bit more, and the whispers grow a little bit louder that there's an alternate cut of this movie. And I- I'm not going to lie, I did not think that the Snyder Cut would be any good. Uh, a lot of the fans are saying, oh no, it's going to be really good, and he'd, you know, Gal Gadot's coming out and say, oh no, he's very good, and I'm like, oh, sure, whatever. <laughs> uh... Parker, do you want to do the uh, Bam Margera voice? <laughs> <laughs> it might come up naturally yeah. in our conversation. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, 
a lot of people were saying, oh, no, yeah, it was actually really good. And I was like, yeah, sure, sure, I'm not going to do it. Then I got assigned it from Shenron. Thanks so much. I hate <laughs> hey, don't take this out on him. <laughs> and uh, uh, what else? Well, there was an article that came out about everything that went into the theatrical cut versus what went into the Snyder cut. And that's sort of what turned me around. I don't remember where the article was published, but I remember thinking, you know what? I want to see this now. I actually wanted, like, even if it's bad, I at least want to see his vision because it's kind of shitty that the studio and Joss Whedon came and turned this into barf. Let's see if this is any good. So, put on the movie. The first thing I see is that it's in 4.3. I'm like, oh, I downloaded the wrong version. So I go back and I, I download the right one. It still says it's in 4.3. I'm like, well... I guess it's the only version available to the internet right now. This is what I get for being a naughty, naughty pirate. And, you think uh, Josh was, like, super pumped to watch this on his, like, Smash 64 TV? <laughs> so, Parker, what was it like watching this in 1610? I guess that was the uh, the way it was supposed to be viewed, right? Oh, it looked great in 4.3. Is that what you asked me? <laughs> I See, this is man, the thing, man. It takes a while to get used to that big square in the middle of your screen, but... <laughs> my, my favorite image I saw was someone watching it on their computer in the, like the three monitors <laughs> it's just <laughs> square in the center there the giant curved monitor with the little box in the middle got me yeah <laughs> not gonna lie so this I'm just gonna throw this in there because I just thought to look this up because obviously we haven't thought about Justice League since we saw it in theaters mm -hmm. that didn't even break a billion dollars a fucking Justice League movie made six hundred million. The fucking live action Aladdin made a billion dollars. <laughs> How do you fuck up that bad? Like that's it's Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman, and you can't even crack Aladdin numbers. Like what are you doing? Yeah, that's the thing is the that's word of mouth was really, really bad for it. People were saying, Don't even waste your time. Like I, I don't think Suicide well, Squad made didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to keep rubbing yeah, it. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> just he's just nap bragging now. So uh, <laughs> I hope you guys don't think I have more input to this conversation than this. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> We're hoping that our naturally pleasant conversation will ensue. So uh, I mean, I mean, hey, you know, maybe somebody will go away for twenty minutes and come back to hear the joke for the first time I make it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> so here's the thing about it being in four three. Uh, is that this is apparently Zack Snyder's original vision for this to be in 4-3. Drink. I... <laughs> Here's the thing, man. Man, if this is the way that you dream about it, and that's how my movies go to look in 4-3, the way Mama used to make them, like, you gotta dream a little bit bigger than that. And you're Zack Snyder, man. You're known for making these big, bombastic movies. You're just like, no, no, keep it all square and center. That way they know where to look. Like, I think this is a really underrated part of this whole thing. It didn't really hit me till I hit play. The fact that the official title is Zack Snyder's Justice League is really funny to me. The nerve <laughs> to just put your name over the top really cracks me up. Okay, here's the thing. It's such a hit move. I love that. I, I thought it was the... I do, too. Yeah. Look, I love everything about this whole thing. It's so... Stupid. <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite takes on this is that you shouldn't call it the Snyder Cut. You should just call it Justice League, and you should refer to the uh, theatrical cut as the theatrical cut. I was like, like literally, no one's ever going to refer to the Whedon version except I'm like, 
Remember that dumb piece of shit that they did? Yeah, so that... Especially Superman 2. No one ever talks about the theatrical version of Superman 2. That movie's balls. See, that's the thing, is that, like, no one has any reason whatsoever to go back and watch the theatrical cut. I'm not comparing this to Once Upon a Time in America, but no one's going to go watch the theatrical cut of that movie, because there's no reason. Unless you're one of those, like, really grimy, smelly film historians who's trying to make those comparisons. Or if you're Yellow Cyclone and you want to post on Discord and find the exact... <laughs> or if somebody puts it on a list. Even if they put I it was on a list. I've already watched it. So this like, close to doing it, because I hadn't seen it since theaters. And in the last minute, it was like, you know what, man? I'm good. It'll come back to me. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, I have a Wikipedia okay. page. It's fine. I basically remember what we did. And if not, we did an episode <laughs> on it. I'll regret to revisit that. Exactly. So movie starts off and already uh my memory isn't quite as strong as i remembered because i forgot that superman had died (laughs) okay you guys even alex remembered that he wasn't asleep by then (laughs) the movie opens with doomsday killing superman and they're yelling in pain and the literal shock waves of his death reach out to the other heroes i was already strapped in for just that pure uncut Colombian Snyder. Yeah, so... Metaphors are for cowards. Yeah, so the scream reverberating throughout the planet and all the heroes who don't even... Some of them don't even know they're heroes yet. Hearing, they're just like, oh, something in the wind. And you're just like, oh, in any other movie, that'd be cheesy. But then you think back to the, the theatrical cut, and you get that... Remember that Joss Whedon shot of the, of the like, the photoshopped-off mustache of Henry Cavill? His face is <laughs> big as a house right in front of the camera. It's, it's a really stark contrast. Someone, someone throws it's down a newspaper God. on the pavement with a front headline says, uh, where is our hero? <laughs> Crime up since Superman dead with his ghoulish face i just i, I remember give me the seeing screen. that and the only the only thing i can think of when i think of that is the fucking beer nerd being like you know what superman deserved it <laughs> <laughs> i thought all you can think about was the book good night moon <laughs> so that's the one of the interesting things about the uh opening here is that there aren't really any lines of dialogue it's it's mostly silent. You're mostly seeing things develop, and it's using film as a visual medium, and that's so much better than uh, what happens in the theatrical cut. It's also better than what happens in most of the movie because, as we'll get to, the dialogue is not the strongest part of this movie. Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> Who would have guessed that the screenwriter of one Batman v Superman and also The Rise of Skywalker would have some clunky dialogue? Alright, so Oops. the movie is actually subdivided into parts. Uh, it's I was I breathed a loud sigh of relief. I was like, <laughs> oh thank Jesus. It, yeah, it's one of I those just nice things. Pause after part two, go get pizza. Oh, thank God. Yeah, there's they don't have the ten minute intermission built into this. Although I suppose if I were to go see this in IMAX with a gun to my head, then uh, they would have that built in there somewhere. Which I don't mind. Chris, I don't mind how- intermissions, but what? But Chris, how else are you going to find out the timestamps you favorite <laughs> And also, to pretend like you weren't the day before looking like, there's any IMAX screenings around me. <laughs> to play this game like you weren't going to go. Yo, here's the thing. I don't have any reluctance to see it in IMAX if this was the first time I'd be watching it. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch this again. If... It's one good thing is that you know that zero DC fans have been in contact with people with COVID. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, so here's uh, one of the one of my favorite things about this movie, and it's something that I've noticed in Zack Snyder's work. He is really, really good at shooting a particular scene to make it look like it's straight out of a comic book. Like you can practically see the panel that a certain shot is lifted from. And I think what the question here is, is whether you think that's a good thing. Like you can practically see where the speech bubbles would be in a particular shot. You see this in Watchmen, you see this in 300, and you certainly see it in this movie. And if you don't like that, then I would recommend not watching Zack Snyder's movies. I actually think it's kind of interesting, because I think he does a really good job of that. I think he does a a way better job of doing that than the Marvel movies. That doesn't mean that the Marvel movies are bad, but it means that they're shot in a completely different way. He's really taking the source material and shooting just like that. I happen to like the way that it looks. Like, there's going to be a lot of Marvel comparisons, because obviously... And you compare like half of the heroes in Marvel being like, oh yeah, no, it's just high tech Tony Tar- Tony Stark stuff or military equipment compared to, well, there's Wonder Woman standing on a statue of like the Lady Justice while ancient chanting goes on in the background. Oh, we're <laughs> going to get. Out her we sword. will get to the ancient chanting. <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude. Like I, I know which one is profoundly dumber in a way that speaks directly to me, and it's not. Oh damn. Tony Stark was like, he was like my dad, and he gave me all these cool glasses. No, I want the dumbest shit I've ever seen thrown in my face for four hours. So, one of my big problems that stands out that was not fixed from the theatrical cut is the casting of Aquaman. I really... (laughs) (laughs) The idea of him just being like, guys, we swear it's done, and then recasting Aquaman. That would have been been an improvement. You can put anyone in there, okay? Anyone but Jason Momoa. Okay, look, I don't have any attachment to Aquaman. I don't read... Does anyone read Aquaman comics? Does anyone have an attachment to Aquaman besides Dolphins? Hey, if you do, please don't email us. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> do we have the burner set up yet? <laughs> well, that's, that's, a, that's a work in progress. But, like, here's the thing. Like, why do we need Aquaman portrayed by Jason Momoa besides the fact that we're trying to appeal to the women who like his body? He's just awful. He, I is Aquaman Parker. You love comic books, and especially Aquaman, and especially DC. Is Aquaman supposed to be a Hell's Angel surfer, bro? Sure. Yeah, why not? I just you know something. It's a choice. <laughs> At least that's a character. <laughs> exactly. That's something. I will never forget this version of Aquaman. I promise you. <laughs> I guess. I he just doesn't feel like much of a hero. I guess that's. I don't know. I had to read today about, oh, the Black Widow movie's coming out. Put a gun to my head, ask me three things about the character of Black Widow. I got nothing. I can talk to you all day about Jason Momoa's Aquaman. (laughs) These slow motion shots of him just walking into the sea while they chant Nordic songs at him. Are you joking me? (laughs) This movie's so good. I I will say this, he definitely looks like a sea creature. Certainly more than everyone else in Atlantis. So... (laughs) Hey, how hard did you laugh every time Amber Heard came on screen? Like, oh, that's right. That's a thing I had to deal with for three hours that every, time. Everything, every single time that she came on screen, I was just like, oh, no, I forgot. <laughs> like, I, she was on screen like two hours ago. And I was like, oh, she's still here. <laughs> and it's like, you know, Zach, this doesn't have to be four hours, <laughs> right? Like, you could just snip around. It's fine. The best part was every single scene that had her in it, you're just like, oh, we actually could have cut that, and no one would have known. <laughs> it's fun watching this through the lens of Warner Brothers getting this cut and being like, 
oh my god, we can't do this. This is going to ruin our whole DC slate. And then what their DC movies look like now. And knowing that all they have in terms of franchises are that and Harry Potter, which is also not going great. So hey, good job, everyone. We earned those paychecks. I want to get back to... Enjoy recasting your main villain, you fucking idiots. I want to get back to the positives. And one of the biggest positives here is Jeremy Irons as Alfred. He is so fucking good in this role. He's very easily the best Alfred I've ever seen in any form of Batman. And I've seen a lot of different iterations of Batman and a lot of different iterations of Alfred, including the one who died in Batman and Robin. Thanks for that. <laughs> he had old man disease. Yeah, he had old man disease. Niece. George Clooney was trying to cure it. <laughs> Alicia Silverstone from London Town. <laughs> no discernible action. I just like that... I like that we've all come together and accept that Ben Affleck is incredibly hot and also good as Batman. Yeah, he's he's really, really good. Uh, one of the things, well, by the way, one of the things, just one last thing about Jeremy Irons as Alfred, is this version has a lot more of him in here. So, say what you want about Zack Snyder, but he knows where the strengths are, and he does play to them. And putting in a lot more Jeremy Irons really works for this movie. He's definitely one like, of my favorite. Most characters. of his casting seems really good, honestly. Yeah, like, I definitely agree. Henry Cavill is not my issue with Superman at all. Yeah, exactly. Affleck's good. Irons is good. Gal Gadot's whatever. She has like four lines, which is good. I, she's. I think she's the. They give her an exposition dump. She's much better in this than. Give me the stone. <laughs> <laughs> Women's History Month, everybody. Yeah. So. <laughs> So speaking of things that sound a little bit awkward to say, I like the da- I like the Daily Planet slogan, reporting on the planet daily. That's fun. Yeah, that's uh that's I didn't notice that, but hey, there you it go. It was on like one of the their trucks that goes by that delivers the newspapers. It says the Daily Planet, reporting on the planet daily. And I'm like, I wonder oh. who wrote that. <laughs> I must have been distracted by a Leonard Cohen song or uh, something. Yeah, I'm sorry. Was, uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh so, like we said, Superman died. Uh, he's dead, and he's definitely not coming back. Can we do an audible <laughs> wink here? There we go. And, uh, <laughs> I guess this movie... <laughs> go ahead, sorry. It just sounds like every time you see a tweet that's like, Caillou has died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me check here. Oh, yeah, Pepito's return home. Good job, <laughs> oh, bad It's news. one thing for, for Superman to come back in hour three... Instead of like, all right, we're like 45 minutes into the movie. They're digging up his grave now. I guess Superman's coming back. <laughs> it's spaced a little differently. Like, as long as this movie is and it's long, it's nice seeing scenes breathe. Yeah. And people just to like have experiences and just like set in them for a minute instead of like, all right, someone say something quippy and then we can cut to the next scene. Yeah, so one of the things that the theatrical cut did is it focused more on his death. That's why we see, like, again, the newspaper that says, where is our hero, crime up, since Superman dead? Henry Cavill talking to that camera, like, three inches away. You can see his breath on the camera. Uh, and I think they tried to reemphasize that because they looked at the Snyder Cut and they said, there's, there's not enough uh, emphasis that he's dead. And thus, when you revive him, there's not as much impact. That's a valid criticism, I don't think that the Joss Whedon version did it well, but I can understand why the theatrical cut took the uh, the tactic that it did. I dead-ass forgot about Superman for like two hours of this movie. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. <laughs> now, I'll defend the Snyder Cut because they did something that's so much better here, and I did not believe that they could do this. They, in a very, very subtle way, they emphasized that Lois actually cares about Superman's death. 
and it Lois, works. Lois, Lois, come here. Lois. <laughs> God, we're going to do that at the end. Hey, Lois. <laughs> Remember that time Superman died? <laughs> this is one of the more emotional scenes of the movie. We go back to fucking family. <laughs> Your brain fucking lit up. You've been staring at a wall for the past 25 minutes. <laughs> He was just like, they're going to say it, they're going to say it, they're going to say it. If I had just said, like, <laughs> Superman's girlfriend, your brain wouldn't have even clicked on. You are correct. <laughs> Superman's so, girlfriend. So Superman's what, girlfriend. newspaper boy? Well, X. Oh, you mean the one that Batman's trying to fuck in the script? <laughs> That's God, a different movie. I hate that we'll never get that movie, dude. Yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> but the way that they do it in this movie, again, I actually like it. it what they do is they have Superman's girlfriend... Ex girlfriend uh, visits his grave every single day, and they got this cop who's always like, "Oh, you're here again, Aria Norris," and she's like, "Oh yeah, you know, here with the coffee." He's like, "Oh, you're still pining over him, aren't you?" She's like, "Yeah, thanks." And it's like you only see her go there once, but it's enough to emphasize that she actually cares about. It. And they put it kind of on like a smaller scale, and it works so much better. It's so much more intimate than being like. Showing like people drowning in Hurricane Katrina, and there's no Superman to save them. So I prefer this version. The the no, the cop doesn't well, actually know, talk like this. You know, someday we'll, the world will need heroes again. Because apparently, once Superman died in the Whedon version, just Crime Alley opened up and everyone died of natural disasters. <laughs> Yeah, Batman was like, oh, it's too much work for me. So he had to go get his friends to help out. <laughs> he was too busy dressing up like Superman and telling Lois to just call him Superman and pretend like nothing's different. <laughs> so Gal Gadot's back in this one, and I have to admit, after watching Wonder Woman 1984, the first time I saw her standing on that building, I was like, oh no. But uh, she's, she's a lot better in this. For one, she doesn't actually sound like Bam Margera too much. Uh, she's she's still kind of uh, she's got a lot more how do I put this I guess it's screen presence I don't know how much to attribute to her or to Zack Snyder it's probably a little bit of both but her in 1984 and her in this they're almost like two different characters as far as I'm concerned so one of the scenes that I actually liked in the theatrical cut is where she saves that was an orphanage for girls or something uh, and that scene is uh, brought back in this one and this is a huge huge problem uh, Parker we gotta talk about that awful chanting in the background whenever Wonder Woman's on screen it's, it's so extra it is it's, one of as far as I I'm mean concerned. it's what you want from sex Snyder movies like oh yeah she's from like an ancient society how do we get it across spooky chanting got it every time this beautiful unfairly gorgeous woman is in frame just have spooky chanting like the omen it's so annoying so everyone's going to have their criticisms of this movie most people are going to criticize the slow motion the runtime the dialogue the slow motion uh, and the slow motion but really this is the worst part of the movie for me the fucking music i mean we had a really cool wonder woman theme song that that junkie xl thing that da -da 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 -da. that's really cool and every once in a while it'll come back in this movie and it works great for action scenes it works great as an introduction for the character but instead we get this <laughs> it's hey, so stupid it's so hey, Chris. annoying Women's History Month Spirit Bomb. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what's going on here. 
Uh, I keep having to remind myself as I'm watching, like, oh yeah, all this was filmed like four years ago. There's like one new scene. All of this shit's just been sitting around, just sitting there waiting to be released. <laughs> and just realizing, like, did Gal Gadot just like get worse over four years? Like, what? I think that's what is the A what to B between this and her murdering those Palestinian children? Well, speaking of murder, what I wouldn't give. Uh, she <laughs> what I wouldn't give for a plain straight President Hillary Clinton line in this movie. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> No, this is my uncut vision. I will not censor it for you. <laughs> well, speaking of Gal Gadot murdering people, uh, there are some terrorists Dude. who are trying to uh, kidnap or hold ransom. Hold, they're holding ransom these, uh, I guess it's an orphanage for girls. And Gal Gadot turns them into Really laying it on thick, dude. <laughs> Why would you take a bunch of orphans for ransom? They don't have any resources. Exactly. Who's going to save them? <laughs> well, Galada. It's like it's so Zack Snyder's like, who's, oh, they're taking hostages. Who? Kids. No, no, no. Orphans. <laughs> okay, Zack. Whatever, dude. I guess they're orphans. I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, it's, it's a good scene. It's shot well. It's a uh, very good action. Gal Gadot turns these people into fucking dust. And uh, <laughs> she fucking murders them so violently. Now, I don't have a problem with her killing them. Because I think one of the things that's established in the comics, and Parker, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that while Batman and Superman operate by the we don't kill rule, Wonder Woman doesn't. And that's one of the reasons that she's so fearsome is that she's willing to make that decision that they're unable to. That being said, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. Just because this movie is rated R doesn't mean that it's not for kids. <laughs> this is the most obviously PG-13 movie I've ever seen in my life. And kids are going to see her really put a hurting on these guys <laughs> she like just straight up just sends someone straight to hell like explodes and then the kid's like wow can i be like you when i grow up i'm like fuck yeah dude zach gets it and, he knows what's and gal Gadot responds to her you can be anything you wish choose anything you choose you murder your fucking wish <laughs> So I love the fact that, like, all right, you did uh, Batman and Superman. What's your Justice League? I'm going to have six hero stories going on at the same time. You guys will figure it out, right? <laughs> they didn't. Oh, I still like the scene because Wonder Woman still feels like a hero. And I, when I think of a hero, you have to save other people. Joss Whedon took that completely the wrong direction. We had that nameless Russian family that uh, had to be saved at the oh end. Oh, my God. Dude, I'm just comparing it to the opening of 84 where she, that stupid looking fucking mall scene oh, yeah. compared to here where she's just like I'm going to make this man explode for pointing a gun at this child. Again, I still like this scene. <laughs> <laughs> like, because she puts the gauntlets together and you see that huge explosion and like, okay, and now show like the... Oh no, he just, he was just in there, huh? <laughs> oh, he's just vaporized. <laughs> well, alright. That's our introduction to Diana Prince. Now, enough about good scenes in the movie. Parker, we're still doing mother boxes. I mean... They say that word, like, four there. times. They say mother box a whole lot. <laughs> it's, you know... No, they don't say the love I below, I expected Alex. that part. I'm, He's still I'm here? Over He's here. still here. <laughs> He's yeah. in the background. He's in the kitchen. You hear him cutting like, up vegetables. One of the central problems... <laughs> It's like, no one gives a shit about who or what a Steppenwolf is. Like, oh no, actually, in my vision, everyone in, like, the dark side apocalypse universe thinks he's a dumb cuck bitch and they fucking hate his guts. 
and they just routinely check in every 30 minutes to be like, Hey, dipshit, you get the boxes yet? You fucking moron. Oh, uh, no, but uh, the parademon sent it. Well, fucking hurry up, you fucking loser. See, let's talk about And they just leave. One of the problems that I've heard about this is people say, Steppenwolf looks like shit. I'm like, do you remember the theatrical cut? Do you remember how terrible he looks in that movie? It's, <laughs> nope. like, the fucking PS3 design is so bad, but when you look side by side, it is somehow significantly worse in the Whedon exactly. version. I don't know how it's He looks possible. like a PS2 graphic in the Whedon version. He looks like a PS3 graphic in the Snyder cut. And I'll absolutely take the also, PS3. Uh, this design gives me my biggest laugh in the movie. Because, like, it's basically just what looks like a bunch of tiny little knives on him that can retract. When he retracts his helmet and shows that his head is actually just that shape, I fucking died. He dude. looks like a hammerhead shark. <laughs> he just has those big, stupid horns. Are they even horns? Again, it's just like a hammerhead shark. I thought his eyes were supposed to be on the ends of those. <laughs> it's real dumb. But also, like, when you're adapting anything cosmic in comic books... I want it as dumb and earnestly dumb as possible. I do not want a single wink. Like, wow, isn't this crazy? Like, I'm a guy with a bow and arrow. What am I doing here? I want as deadly serious and stupid as possible. And fortunately, Zack Snyder directed this. Exactly. I think if I were to criticize his design, and it's a little too easy to do that, it's just too busy. There's too much going on. Again, with, like, the, the... I guess like little knives or whatever constantly retracting and they're just doing that throughout the entire movie they're just moving constantly like scales I'm like hang on a sec are you telling me Zack Snyder doesn't subscribe to the less is more it's <laughs> <laughs> a fair say point. what fair boy he still he still looks silly uh so when he's can't teach an old dog new tricks huh? so when he's uh stealing the mother box from the Amazons which I want to talk about something the Amazons have a mother box it's like secreted away in a dungeon they always have guards just looking at it the whole time boy that's not the guard duty i'd want that would suck imagine if that's your job absolutely not just like sitting there looking at like "Eh, nothing today look there's days at work i'd kill for that job okay that's fair oh box didn't move (laughs) clocking out so unfortunately the box moves on this day and they call in everyone else for help this scene gets across what mother boxes are and why they're important more than literally anything in the Whedon version Absolutely. With, like, no dialogue whatsoever. So, turns out if you just have an intense scene that's, like, well shot and has good action, you get invested. There's a lot of CGI. A crazy notion. There's a lot of CGI nonsense with Parker, I guess you called them parademons? Yes, there's also CGI nonsense, but also Steppenwolf throws a horse at someone. Yeah, wait, I want to talk about <laughs> So, uh... So the, the parademons, know. they look like... Because, Alex, you didn't see this. The parademons look like giant cicada humans, and, uh... Oh, they look like absolute dog shit. Yeah, but here's the thing. As much as, as, much as there is CGI bullshit in this, I know what's going on. I at least can tell. It's like, oh, I can this... clearly see. Ah, oh, that bug man's probably a bad guy. Yeah. Like, I, I know... I understand. Yeah, good guy, bad guy, MacGuffin. I, I know what's going on, and I couldn't tell that in the Whedon version, because there's so much bullshit. So, also, Parker, before we talk about him throwing a horse, uh, we should talk about uh, <laughs> that one Amazon's extraordinarily slow-motion escape from uh, Look, wherever that place is. And that, that was when I knew that this movie was on the right track. Exactly. When we get that slow-motion shot of a woman with just eight-pack abs... Biceps bigger than my head, just swinging a giant hammer in slow motion. It's like, all right, 
This guy gets yeah, it. Like, he knows what this movie's all about. See, that's uh, one of the most important parts about this movie is this is the Snyder cut, okay? This is as Zack <laughs> Snyder as you get. This is him not holding back. This is him saying, no, you know what? Yet, I don't know what uh, Zack Snyder sounds like. I think he sounds a little something like this. Yeah, you know what, guys? I, I just felt like I'd uh, put it out there. And, uh, you know, I felt like, uh, why hold back? And so you guys get to watch it. Uh, I hope you enjoy my little movie. Four hours. <laughs> so uh, the Amazons are like, okay, we've escaped from the mother box from our secret dungeon lair. Let's try to uh, run away with it on horses. And Steppenwolf says, ah, you never saw this coming. And picks up a horse and throws it at him. <laughs> Like, they get such a huge lead. He's like, hey, cool, check this shit out. And then he just jumps. He's like, hey, guys. And then he just starts murdering them one by one. It's quite good. Yeah, we're making Steppenwolf out to seem like some sort of badass. And when you throw a horse at someone, that's kind of what's going to happen. But if you think back to the original, Alex, use your imagination, then he kind of seemed like this unstoppable badass. I guess he was kind of like the equivalent of Thanos or something like that. Uh, Parker, that's from a Marvel movie. And he, they fucking wish they was. <laughs> My God. And he doesn't really... There's not a lot of uh, show-don't-tell in the original Whedon versus. He's just kind of there. You're just supposed to be, oh, he's unstoppable or something like that. Whereas in this, he's sort of struggling to overcome the Amazons. He still wins, but he's working to do so. And thus we learn a little bit more about his character is that he had to work to get to where he is. And yet in all the other scenes where he's not on planet Earth, he's still getting his ass kicked. He's still getting his books dumped <laughs> by all the other aliens who are just like, Yeah, you haven't conquered Earth yet, pussy. And he's just like, I'm working on it's it. It's not even Dark Side. Like it's Dark Side's message just showing up being like, Hey who you fucking it? pay pig moron, did you figure <laughs> it out? Like Dark Side shows up once and he's like almost kissing his feet like, Daddy, I've got the boxes. I'm so sorry. Please. I'm s- Daddy, please, I'm so sorry. So who is that? And it's really funny. Who's that dark side it's so much funnier. Guy? Did that guy have a name or something? I I'm sure I wrote it down somewhere, but I, what good is that going to be to either of us? Right, Chris? that's a good. Point. Let's be honest here. <laughs> I guess you got to watch it again to make sure you. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, just because I find the time fucking hate it so much. <laughs> so. Uh, the, as much as I dislike the uh, the soundtrack, there's also a, a bit of a problem with some of the voices. I think Christopher Nolan did some of the voice mixing for Steppenwolf's voice uh, because a lot of it was God, incomprehensible. Yes. And I know Chris Nolan yeah. and Zack Snyder are, are friends, so there's a real possibility that Nolan trapes his way into the control booth like fucking Mr. Bean. <laughs> it's just like, hey, we're well, going to uh, move this lever. <laughs> As someone who watches most movies with subtitles on, just because I live in an apartment, it's all gibberish. You're fine. It's just saying words that mean nothing. We're talking about dark side and boom tubes and like oh, synchronizing okay, the mother boxes. You're fine. No one says boom they, tube, No one says boom though. tubes in this version. If you want to know why this is better than the theatrical cut, that's why. <laughs> no one says boom tube. <laughs> Uh, then one of the, the Amazons, he disappears with the mother box, he wins, and the Am- one Amazon says to another Amazon, he's gone back to his universe. Part two. <laughs> <laughs> dude, fuck yeah, dude, just put it in my veins. Uh, do you want to talk about the moment where I would just gave myself over to this movie entirely? Let's hear it. So, Alex, do you remember, I remember you had like three memories of the original one. Do you remember the weird flashback fight where they just had a bunch of Green Lanterns and shit flying around? Yep. So that, a ex- very different version that happens in this one. And at one point, Zeus, just literally Zeus, throws a lightning bolt at a spaceship. 
And at that moment, I gave in entirely. I just laid back. I was like, you do whatever you want, man. I could not be more in. This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Because so, it's like, it's in the ancient past. So it was like ancient Viking men, Amazonians, centaurs. Atlanteans, before they lived underwater, centaurs, Greek gods, and then just a couple of green lanterns flying around. Like the dumbest Lord of the Rings you've ever seen, but filmed by Zack Snyder, and I just let it wash over Poor. me. Like, yep, take Alex, me. Alex, did you ever play the game Biofreaks? Because that's what the scene looks like. It's it's almost overwhelming. <laughs> it's the, the best part about it is this fucking you know the Battle of Mordor scene of this movie takes place in this extremely long explanation from Gal Gadot. This is really yeah. She is just mumbling about mother boxes and the fucking anti-life equation while just absolute nonsense. Like you see representatives from all these tribes and also just a dude that looks like Leonidas standing in the front. It's it's so powerful. This scene goes on for like fifteen minutes. That, They're talking in uh, it Bruce is Wayne's so like spaceship or something like that, and then it comes back to them talking in the spaceship. I was like, she was talking the whole time. <laughs> it is. Such a long scene. <laughs> it re- it feels like it the is. fucking the climax of Atlas Shrugged, where it's just that three hour speech. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is when I. It happens in like either part two or three. It's, it's when I just two. gave myself over to the movie. Of like, okay, you've clearly. You have a vision that my feeble mind cannot comprehend. It's, she says all that. a demon named Small Government. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just. Might as well. And at the end, she's just like, yeah, this is why we have to beat the fucking Steppenwolf. <laughs> and by the way, how do they alert Wonder Woman that, like, the mother box has been stolen? They just light an arrow and shoot it <laughs> to DC. It's, hang on, that's like a special Wonder Woman arrow, so she would know. It sure is. They they fly an arrow all the way out to DC to light that building on fire. I just want to talk about uh, a line here that it comes right after they say he's gone back to his universe. Part two, more. Uh, it's where Alfred and Bruce are talking, and. You know what's interesting? I just called him Bruce, like Bruce Wayne. I didn't even call him Ben Affleck. That's how good he is in this role. That I actually just think of him in the, as a character instead of just Dude, the actor. The cold, the cold open with Ben Affleck going up that mountain and just getting off that it's horse with that so big beard. Good. Oh, I gotta, <laughs> I had to reevaluate some yeah. things. Anyway, so he's talking with Alfred, and uh, he's like, "Hey, can I do X, Y, and Z?" And Alfred says, "Well, it's possible." To which Bruce responds, uh, "If I had a dollar for every possible," and my first response is, "Don't you?" You have several dollars, yeah, actually. Yeah, that's part of the, you know, the fun of it, isn't it? So, this is something that, Parker, you mentioned off mic, and it really stuck with me because I agree 100%, is the scene where Gal Gadot is in, like, that art museum, and she's, like, painting that, like, statue, or she's, like, doing something with that sculpture or whatever. And her in that, like, white outfit, everything, you're just like, it's not fair. It's obscene. Yeah. It's not even fair, like... Every fucking joke we made during those hours of talking about Wonder Woman 88. 84. Or 84. Just gone. Because it's like, that's not fair. A human being this is, can't look like that. That's not fair. See, this is one of those things where Zack Snyder knows how to shoot his actors better than uh, all the other... Not making a John Landis joke. Uh, <laughs> my brain is trying really hard here. <laughs> Sorry. 
Oh, yeah. So Zack Snyder, uh, Gal Gadot, they're really, they're really good together. They uh, make good movies. So one of the problems that I had with the movie overall is that, for the most part, it feels, at least up to this point, it was humorless. Uh, there were no jokes or anything, whereas, at least in Marvel movies, you get Marvel jokes, and I know we've talked about that Marvel jokes are really, really sub-tier. They're normie. They're, they're meant to appeal to everybody. Whereas the jokes in this movie, if you can call them that, was there a single genuine laugh in the entire movie? Uh, at this point, the one that you get is uh, the museum curator saying, So... Diana, did you do anything interesting this weekend? Oh, not much. And it was just like, oh, I get it. Because she's Wonder Woman. She actually turned a man into powder. So, uh... <laughs> Compare that to the Whedon version where Bruce Wayne shows up to find alchemy. He's like, oh, there's a guy who talks to fish. Oh, yeah. They, they really right. did try to... <laughs> Thanks, Joss. Another fucking banger. Yeah, they tried to put Marvel humor in it. And I'm not saying that the Marvel humor was better, which it probably is, but it means that the tone is never consistent. The tone is consistent in this movie. If you're going to have bad jokes in them, then at least make all the jokes bad. And Well, they did that, so... This movie is very consistent. Oh, speaking of... It is very consistently Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah, speaking of consistently Zack Snyder, I, I think I like him a little bit more than you guys did. I, like, I liked 300. I have a soft spot in my heart for the Guardians of Gahul. And I even liked Watchmen. But, uh... When... When fucking... Wait. No, I liked Watchmen. I had a good time. <laughs> I'm such a guardian of ghoul. <laughs> oh, I have a real soft spot for the owl movie. You know what? I bet if we'll talk about I bet this if you mic. watch it, you'd really enjoy it. I'm going to tell your girlfriend to watch it, and she's going to be like, yes. No. <laughs> They're cute. She can't movie. know. Hey, you remember that four-hour Justice League movie you watched? Yeah, this guy made that. Oh, you don't want to watch it? Cool. Got it. It's actually not that bad. Yeah, it's like three hours. I don't know why. It's not watching. It's fine. All right, so... All this leads up to the scene where Aquaman, played by Jason Moana, is walking off a pier drinking a beer, and that song In is playing. slow motion. Extraordinarily <laughs> slow motion while the waves are crashing around him, and I'm like, yeah, this is probably from a comic book, but what is this fucking song? <laughs> it, was a, it was a mix. It was, this is the worst music choice ever, and also, this looks so fucking cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing is it looks Zack really Snyder cool, is but it so sounds terrible. <clears throat> Every single scene is just framed as like, hey, you know what would look fucking sweet? And then he just spends $20 million on it. Yeah, it God bless it him, just, dude. It just feels like it's that song choice where Snyder's just going, I don't know, I, I just kind of like that song and I, I want to use it in a movie. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, thanks. But, like, I've done that all the time. Like, I'll hear a song and be like, man, it'd be so cool to make a movie and base a scene around this song or something. But not this one. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, hold up, hold up. Now that I think about it, if he was walking into those waves, just one step onto the pier, and you just hear like that, that'd be great. Just a dun dun. That'd be fantastic. That's what I want. That's all I want from this. That'd be so much better. Better, movie. okay. But uh, <laughs> man, does Dropkick even have other songs? Uh, yeah, they have. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I do. Even know. They have. They have a Red Sox song, Tessie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's shipping up to Boston. <laughs> Tessie. Okay, right. yeah, we'll play that. That's I'm realizing now awesome. we're almost at the hour mark. So how do we? We want to keep going. We keep going. Well, no. there's like six acts of this. Yeah, movie. we have to keep going though. So I don't like that song <laughs> choice, but. They're going to do that later on in the movie. They have a bunch of other song choices. It's just like, 
I don't know this song. I don't like this song. The song doesn't fit. Stop playing me your Spotify favorites. Or at least play The Boys Are Back in Town. Uh, <laughs> Correct. <laughs> well, you see, if you were working with the director who like worked with the studio, they might come to a compromise, reach out to some artists. However, Zack Snyder's went, oh, I like this song a lot, put it on the, the four-minute shot of Aquaman walking off the pier. <laughs> God so I said that uh, Jason Momoa looks more like a sea creature than all the other Atlanteans in this movie, and I was forgetting about Willem Dafoe because he looks oh so God. wet. Dude, wet Willem Dafoe with that long hair also like <laughs> sent a shockwave, much like Superman's death He's, through my body. I mean, say what you will about Willem Dafoe, <laughs> that guy is an actor's actor, especially in this movie, because he's just he knows how silly this is, and he's still going through the effort to you know. Be on that lower pedestal and reach up his hand to uh, to Jason Momoa and say, "Take up your mother's trident." He's handing him this trident. <laughs> a, a trident is supposed to have like three prongs on it because it's a try. You know, this thing has five. <laughs> I will not repeat the joke I texted you. <laughs> <laughs> Moving uh, on. Well, uh, this is the uh, this happens to be the scene where. Gal Gadot explains the uh, ancient battle for Hyrule and everything and how they defeated the alien menace. And yeah, flying monkeys with the Green Lantern thing. This actually happens. It's so good. Yeah, I have to say, as long as her conversation is about this, kind of a short battle to defeat the invading aliens. Like, even the Combine took seven hours. You'd think if they were the aliens, it would have been like, okay, back to the ship, retreat, retreat. Okay, what do we do? They're right down there. Let's go somewhere else. Let's go somewhere else. Let's just glass this fucking planet. <laughs> yeah. We have spaceships. Exactly. They're centaurs. Well, we they, never mind. There's Zeus throwing lightning at them. <laughs> throwing lightning bolts at spaceships. Okay. I love it so much. It's so. We pure. have to move on to part three because most of the problems of this movie are the problems of the comic books, which is that comic books are fucking stupid. You just have to accept that. Yeah. So just. Part three introduces us to Ezra Miller as the Flash. Oh, it's like a. It's not happy to see his face turn yeah, up again. Well, yeah, that's another one where I was kind of hoping that Zack Snyder would have just surprise recast it. Just put Justin Long in here. I'd rather have him. Honestly, like he's not as bad, but he's he's actually. He's not that I will much say that he is better in this, mostly because there's context for him, and also they cut out his worst jokes from the Whedon cut. They don't have that awful thing where he says like. It's like a cave, like a bat cave. You're just like, oh man, I can't walk out because Alex is resting his head on my arm. So, oh, well, you know, that's that's how I get you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now he's trapped. Uh, it's so there's a lot of slow motion in this opening flash scene, which I will say at least it makes sense here because he's the Flash. He goes faster than everyone else, but there's a lot of it. Actually, Chris, Sonic's the fastest thing alive. <laughs> Actually, Goku. He's not wrong. There, so, uh, and uh, there's a lot of slow motion, and the song again doesn't fit. But it sucks so bad. You know, one of the things that was interesting hearing all the people talk about this on Twitter is everyone was talking about the girl that he saves, who has no name, and everyone said, "Oh, she's obviously whatever name from whatever stupid fucking comic." I'm never going to read. I'm like, well, I'm glad they're happy. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably to set up a movie that was supposed to come out four years ago oops I, I did like that in the slow motion she is eye-fucking him worse than Nala did to Simba <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a reference it's, it's it is exactly what I thought while watching this it's just like oh she wants him she's also not bad though she's alright uh, 
And then uh, he he takes a hot dog in slow motion <laughs> or something. It's charming. And Parker, you like hot dogs, don't you? Hot dogs yeah. get a bad rap. <laughs> no, you tricked me. <laughs> All right, Chris. Uh, worst worst depiction of someone on the spectrum. This or that movie by Sia. <laughs> Which one's worse? <laughs> Tune in week one next year to find out. <laughs> oh, hang on a second. <laughs> anyway. I will say this is the I would say this is the only funny scene that actually uh, I thought was genuinely funny. Didn't get a laugh out of me, but I did write down. Okay, it kind of worked. He's applying for a job at like a dog sitting place or something, and he uses the hot dog to be like, "Oh, this is why I always bring a meat stick." And I was just like, "All right, that that's actually kind of funny." Or at least it's maybe I'm grading on a curve here, but that worked for me. I I I don't know. I kind of liked it. Uh, I just. I remember being in the theater and just like audibly feeling like, dude, I cannot take many more scenes of this fucking dude. Like this has to stop. And I didn't feel right. that. Yeah, like, exactly. For all the problems this version has, I watch it in one night, which I did not plan on right. doing. So that's actually a fair. I'm say what you will, but I sat through four hours of this dumbass movie for no reason. Other than I was like, ah, I kind of went by quick. Yeah, I have seen movies. A third of this length that felt twice as long. Yeah, like the theatrical version of The Flash, he's more annoying than anything else. He, Whenever he was on screen, I was just like, oh no, would you cut to Gal Gadot, please? Whereas in this version, I, I do feel a lot of sympathy for the character. I hope that he's able to survive, and I'm glad that he's being able to make friends. It's, it's a good thing. Now, we have to talk about the mechanical brain spider. Of course, Dude. how could you not? So if you guys... the jump cut to him just throwing this random Atlantean into a rock <laughs> and just the unnecessary blood splatter was like, oh yeah, this is R for some right, reason yeah. I forgot. <laughs> so I will say the mechanical brain spider is a welcome alternative to Lucifer's technique. <laughs> I'm gonna rape your mind now. <laughs> Hold on tight. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I have to admit, it was like he got that. My first reaction is, why doesn't he just use that all the time? That's a great idea. You can find out anything. <laughs> For real. Uh, so he finds the location of, I guess, a second mother box. And uh, he's like, okay, we'll move on. Now we get on to Cyborg. And Cyborg is probably the most important character in this movie. <laughs> if you remember the theatrical cut, no, Alex doesn't. Uh, he, Cyborg was sort of like this afterthought. You're just like, what was he... What, with the guy from Teen Titans? Really? We're going to use him? Okay. Uh, he's in this movie, and people have been describing him as the central character. There's no necessarily main character, not even Batman, but central character is definitely the right word to use for Cyborg. He's got a lot more backstory in this and a lot more uh, pathos going on for him. You genuinely care about what's going to happen to him, and a lot of the stuff that happens to him and happened to him is what drives the narrative. And... The fact that Warner Brothers had the gall to cut that from the theatrical version, that is such an insult. I'm so obviously on Ray Fisher's side with the accusations of racism against Joss Whedon as well. That being said... No no wonder he hates his fucking guts, my That God. being said... It's obvious. It was the football scene. He plays football in this version, and there's more slow-mo <clears throat> in this scene than I think there is in any other part of the movie. It's getting to the point where all the slow-mo here was adding up to it's like, wait, this is like the feet. In Once Upon a Time in America, not Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because, like, it's, that's Quentin Tarantino being like, yeah, I know you guys are going to make jokes about the feet thing, well, guess what, how about all this feet, and you just run out of jokes for it, (laughs) Zack Snyder's doing the same thing with slow motion, yeah, I know they're going to make jokes about the slow motion, so I put even more of it in there, lean into it, 
as they say. Dude, how bad do you want to see a Zack Snyder football movie right now? Very, very bad. I desperately <laughs> like, want to. It's, it's, it really is just like, oh, too much, huh? Oh, you think 300 silly, do you? <laughs> what if we just show like one play and it takes four and a half minutes? I, and God I bless would be him. first in line and don't they watch it. <laughs> uh, the other thing is that Ray Fisher, uh, his performance, it really communicates the pain that he's gone through. It is a standout performance, especially from a comic book movie, which again, creating a bit of a curve here, but does a great job at communicating. And that's what acting is all about, is communicating a character. I, I was really happy with that. Now, if you remember the story, Cyborg was uh, injured in a car crash. His mom died, and his father was like, I got a good idea. I'll rebuild him into a robot. And everyone was like, what? He's like, too bad. I'm already working on it. And he builds him into the world's greatest cyborg, if there is such a thing to compare. And he has all these powers. He can fly. He's got robot powers everything. And he can also, one of the things that they say in this movie, I wrote it down. He can launch all the nukes in the world with just one thought. He sure can. <laughs> now, Chris, can we talk about when it's described that he can control the world economy and the stock markets? Would you like to tell Alex the visual that narrates this point? Uh, Parker, I prefer if you do it. <laughs> you see a CGI bull and a CGI bear start attacking each other. Showing that he can manipulate both the bull and bear markets. <laughs> I just, I, I just love the idea of like imagining uh, fucking cyborg like starting a Call of Duty match like 0 and six, and everyone's like, oh fuck, oh fuck, feed him a kill. Feed him a kill. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. This he, is why we're. He starts doing that controller wind up. You're like, oh, oh wow, I fell off the edge. You got me. <laughs> you just really, you just give him a stock. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear that angry clicking the deep side. Uh, I can well, see. I'll, I'll be the ice climbers. It's okay. <laughs> so, uh, Cyborg's really upset about things, but he has very good reason to be because you can never really go out like that. You know, like you can wear a hoodie because he's a fucking monster. Yeah, and also his mom died. Yeah, he's really got a rough life going yeah, on right now. He is like a head and half of a torso. One of the scenes. That's all the left of cut, him. which is reused in the Snyder cut, is where he meets Wonder Woman on the streets, and she says, "We have to come and film some scenes of those Knoxville's really gonna make us fucking the earth." And he, and he says, <laughs> "Fuck the world." And I was just like, "Uh oh!" Dropped a heavy f bomb there in a comic book movie. Now the rule for R-rated movies is just one non-sexual use of the fuck word means that it's still PG-13. Two means you get a hard R. Uh, so I'm waiting for one more and I know that Batman's going to say it later so we'll get to that later uh, I thought those were memes when people said that I didn't realize he actually yeah. did this, he saved it for the fucking epilogue what a king I, uh, I love him so much but uh, yeah you know Cyborg says it in here I was just like you know what I'm kind of on his side there and she says you've been giving an extraordinary gift and he has a good response to that which is what part of this looks like a gift uh I understand that his father explains to him with a little tape recorder that says, your body can do basically anything. And uh, he's still kind of sad about it, which I get it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not much fun to him, but I don't know. I can kind of see both sides of this here. Uh, oh, Jesus. I just, sorry, Parker, I got to my next note. So we cut to Ray Fisher's father. Uh, 
it's not actually Ray Fisher's father, it's a cyborg's father, uh, is working at the science lab with uh, the mother box that's held there by Earth's humans. And there's this Asian guy there who's pointing at one of their new lasers that he says, you're looking at the hottest thing on Earth. That's what I said to my prom date. She dumped me anyway. Haha. Uh -huh. so, I hope this thing doesn't come back in two and a half now, hours. I'm not saying that I deserve to be a Hollywood executive, but I might have been on the phone with Joss Whedon after hearing that. <laughs> hey, man, do you have anything? <laughs> oh, you're sending me a picture. Do you have anything else? <laughs> Jesus, Joss. So, uh, we get a little warp zone here. We get fucking uh, the boom tube, and... Uh, he comes down, and I gotta tell you, I don't know why whenever Steppenwolf uses a boom tube, that it sounds like Mega Man warping to the next level. <laughs> it literally sounds like it's... <laughs> I'm not ruling it out, to be honest. I think that's just what happens. Anything's possible. Uh, also, Amber Heard shows up for a bit. She gets punched in the face by Steppenwolf, and he steals her mother box. He beats the shit out of her. <laughs> I like how, like, it has all these, like, First actual character moments. <laughs> <laughs> It'll have, like, these actual character beats and, like, letting them sit with their decisions and conflicts. And then every 30 minutes, be like, alright, now the alien shows up and beats the dog fuck out of everyone <laughs> in the room. It's pretty good. Now we move on to part four. Pain. Uh, dude, oh, when dude. The... I left. <laughs> dude, when the fuck does the Joker show up? Oh. I'm so confused. Oh, boy. I... It sounds like what I said right the last ten minutes, you seem to think I was exaggerating, which is interesting. Yeah. So uh, J.K. Simmons is in this as uh, Jim Gordon, not the not the drummer who killed his mother. The uh, the character. From oh, classic mistake that yeah. I make all the time. Uh, J.K. Simmons is, and we know how I feel about J.K. Simmons. It's nice to see him in any role, and he does a pretty good job in this. Not quite as good as he does in the Boston Marathon bombing movie. But, uh, pretty good. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, they left in, uh, Barry. Well, look at that. I called him Barry instead of Ezra Miller. That's, look at that. I called him Barry. They left in Barry's line about, uh, uh, uh Batman always, uh, runs away when Gordon has his back turned. Uh, which I thought was one of the worst parts of the theatrical cut. But in this one, it's just like... Boy, you know, if we had got this version in theaters instead of the theatrical cut, that might have been alright. I don't know why, it's just the context makes it a little bit better. Uh, then they, they go down, I guess, to the sewers, and they have this big fight against Steppenwolf. Honestly, not that bad. It's very Snyder-ish, but it's like, this is the best of Snyder, you know? All the angles, the fights, <laughs> the actions. I really like this scene, Parker. Dude, there is... So much yeah, going there's on. Yeah, a lot. This, this is a busy scene. They're fighting all these demons. Everyone's splitting up. Everyone's using their powers. Batman just gets a giant fucking robot to come in and help. It's it's a lot. Yeah, and uh, then I, I mean, there's a really great scene where uh, Cyborg uh, is saved by his father because his father like sneaks him out or something, and, and Cyborg also saves his father from the uh, mechanical brain spider, and. Anyway, uh, so Steppenwolf goes back to uh, hit, uh, Darkseid's lackey. Which, by the way, you're right. It is pronounced Darkseid, even though it's spelled Darkseed. And uh, he explains, oh, I couldn't get the mother box. And they both mentioned the anti-life equation. Uh, and I just want to say rest in peace to the Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I googled it, read two sentences, and went, 
I don't need to know what this is. Now, here is here's the biggest uh, <laughs> reveal in the movie. Part four of uh, Justice League, the Snyder Cut. Now, before I go any further, Alex, we've talked about this for more than an hour. Do you have any desire to watch this movie? Because what I'm about to say is a gigantic spoiler. No. Okay. I'm just saying, and if anyone I'm listening. I'm so excited. If anyone listening. I know exactly If what's anyone coming. is listening to this and says like, oh, wow, this movie sounds so good. I would like to watch it for myself. Turn off the podcast now. Because what I'm if about to say. If you think this say, sounds good, like, why are you listening in the first place? If, honestly. If you were going to watch this. You probably this, already have. You've already yeah. watched it. It's four hours. No one's going to be like, I'm kind this of on the is, fence about this four hour commitment to this of this movie that already came out five years ago. This is the biggest spoiler. This was not in the theatrical cut for reasons that should be apparently obvious. So, Darkseid's got two uh, mother boxes so far. And back in the ancient Mordor battle, they much like Lord of the Rings, they're just like, okay, we'll give one to the Atlanteans, one to the Amazonians, and one to the humans who are governed nothing but by greed. And, uh... Yeah, uh, bad call on that yeah, one, guys. He really blew it. Which group of humans ends up with a mother box? <laughs> Alex, the Nazis had the mother box. Oh my god. I was dying <laughs> in my living room because you got something like, dude you're gonna see something i'm like what stupid character is gonna show up and then i just see that nazi flag and i thought i was gonna throw up i wasn't life. expecting God. to make a trans Damn. i wasn't expecting to make a transformers 5 reference for this movie <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> the original avenger harriet tubman of course <laughs> friend of bumblebee <laughs> i can't believe the nazis had a mother box <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you have to say that sentence. Yeah, so the Nazis got a mother box, and that really screwed up everyone's plans. Now, Zack Snyder's vision here. <laughs> now, I, that, that being said, so cool. Parker, you like comic books. Did this happen in the comics? <laughs> I don't think there's anything that hasn't happened <laughs> That's in comics. Fair. <laughs> think of the dumbest shit you can imagine, and it probably did. Oh, jeez. So... I mean, that scene is basically... <laughs> Halfway into your four-hour movie, like, yeah, and the Nazis got it, and that really mucked it up for us. <laughs> it's, uh... The Atlanteans and the Amazonians have people standing guard 24-7 using, like, ancient magic weapons. And there's just a bunch of Nazis like, oh, we could probably summon some demon robots to this, huh? That'd be pretty See, sick. You know, all that being said, the humans hung on to their mother box longer than everyone else did, so... Scoreboard. Good for them. Because <laughs> it was hidden in Cyborg's closet. Okay, we're, we're going to get to that first, but I, I want to talk about this. This is a scene that was reused oh, from the theatrical cut, which I hated in the theatrical cut, and I loved in this one. Uh, they're getting back to mentioning Superman again. I, you know, Batman gathers all the superheroes together and says, uh, we should get together and stop Steppenwolf because it'd be bad if he wins. And everyone's just like, oh, it's going to be kind of tough. He threw a horse at my friend. And he's like, ah, oh, I've got a secret weapon. What if we bring back Superman? And they're like, well, he died. He says, about that. Uh, now, that's one of the things where it reminds you, Superman is dead. Because I have to admit, uh, much like Parker, I was like, oh, yeah. Forgot. <laughs> uh, we have a scene between Superman's ex-girlfriend and Superman's mother. Uh <laughs> Neither, neither of which of their names I can actually 
<laughs> I can't say Lois and Martha because your guy's brains will explode. You don't know which joke to go for. It's, it's <laughs> difficult. <laughs> it's like feeding me the fucking Turing in the, test. In the original version, I say the original version, in the theatrical cut, they're just talking with each other, and I remember one of my notes for that scene was, why is this scene in the movie? I don't give a fuck. Uh, whereas in this one, it's one of the best scenes in the entire movie because it makes it more about them. And again, I don't have to see like starving kids in Haiti who are just like, why doesn't Superman bring me plantains? I can just have Lois and Martha. <laughs> I can just have Lois and Martha talk about, I miss him. I miss him too. That's enough for me. That's that's all I need to do because it puts it on this small scale. It's about these people. It, it works just great. That's that's all that I need. I don't need him destroying buildings and shit. I I like this scene quite a bit. Hey, guys, give me your 9-11 faces. <laughs> as Zack Snyder once told his ex But one of the reasons that this scene works is because it's so somber. And you look at this, you're like, well, didn't, isn't this exactly the same scene that was in the theatrical cut? No, the theatrical cut boosted all the color and everything, so it looks like Discovery Zone. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's a fucking Pee Wee's Playhouse scene. It was just like, ah, I, I can't stop thinking about my visit his grave every single day. Whereas in this one, it's like, people could talk about, oh, the color looks washed out. Yeah, that's the mood of the movie. It's doing this on purpose. That's, Snyder, you know, his vision may not be what you want, but at least it's a vision. At least it's coherent. The Whedon version has the one line from that movie that is seared into my memory. Which is, of course, Superman's mommy like, Oh, you said you were the thirstiest reporter he ever met. Oh, I meant hungriest. Herders. Oh, like, oh, just geez. wanted to get up out of the theater and be like, Hey, man, it was good seeing you. We should get together again sometime. And just leaving my friend there. I wanted to crawl it out of my yeah, skin. So the, the Justice friends are all together talking about how, uh, Should we get Superman? Yeah, why not? I don't know. Batman, I believe, says there is no us without him. And that would feel a lot more significant and have a lot more resonance if more than two of them had actually met the guy. And also, and also if one of those two hadn't nearly beat him to death with the toilet. <laughs> Man, what a good scene. That was a good scene. So, like, context is so important to these movies. Because I remember in the Weed movie thinking, like, why the fuck are we digging up Superman's grave? But in hour two of a Zack Snyder movie, I'm like, yeah, they would absolutely go dig up Superman's grave, why wouldn't they? So, <laughs> just yeah, of course. Why wouldn't this happen in this movie? That makes perfect sense. Yeah, to me. I will say that I did like this scene because one of the things that it drives home is that the commitment to darkness, both in tone and in color palette, works largely because Snyder leans so heavily into it. it doesn't go full like Sin City or anything, but this is one of the things that Joss Whedon really fucked up with the original is that there was no tonal consistency. There wasn't even consistency with the color palette. Remember how ridiculous the colors looked in this? That's why when I see the Flash and Cyborg in a hoodie using a shovel to dig up Superman's grave, I'm just like, yeah, I'm fine with it. That's okay. Although when, uh, when the Flash says, you know I can do this really fast, right? And Cyborg just kind of stares at him. And they go back to just digging. Uh... It was like, you know, you don't actually have to say that or anything. <laughs> yeah, like, we're, yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware you're all superheroes. I don't know why Wonder Woman's just fucking standing there. She can grab it one-handed. Yeah. Whatever. There's, it's because they're having a sad talk. There's not a lot that's interesting to say about the revival of Superman. Uh, we might care a lot more about this character if Man of Steel and Batman v Superman were such clunkers. <laughs> so I'm going to take this time to float a prediction, see if you guys uh, see how you feel like it. You know, there are those, like, viral YouTube videos where they're like, it's B-movie, but every single time someone says B, it goes faster. 
Josh's ears just perked up. Uh, well, <laughs> sure someone's did. going to make a normal speed version of this movie and upload it somewhere. It's going to be like the defeminized cut of Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Throw it in the trash. Exactly. I don't want it. <laughs> Why even fucking bother? Oh, cool. It's the flash running in slow motion, but it looks normal. Cool. That's the thing about the slow motion. Great. They say that an auteur in film is someone where you can take one look at their movies and instantly know who made it. Hitchcock, Truffaut, Kurosawa, Ray, Carpenter, and it's about time we include Snyder in there. Just for the amount of slow motion, and also the green screens. Parker, the green screens. <laughs> Look, what do you have to render the entire movie at home, basically? I've seen worse. That's, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there are some very egregious scenes where it's like, these people were never once in the same room here, but also it's like, <laughs> For a movie that literally, like, everything he shot was just people on a soundstage. It's like, alright, give you my check so I can actually make this a movie. Like, I thought it was going to look worse, to be honest. Like, there's some egregious ones. Like, the epilogue scene with Cyborg pulling out that rocket launcher looking like the jankiest (laughs) PS2 game in history. Not good. But a lot of it's like... Look, I watched something that I will be discussing later that, uh... Oh my god, this is light years I ahead mean, of. <laughs> I, I know plenty of directors who shoot on who shoot on location and they're cowards. You shoot in your you shoot in, exactly. your, in your home office and you do it with a green screen, and that's the way that it's done, okay? We should do this more often. It looks good. Uh, th- I, I will say that this movie does provide a better reason for why Superman beats the tar out of his compatriots than the theatrical release does, but that's an extraordinarily low bar to clear. Uh, because I could be wrong, but Parker, I think in the original theatrical cut, when Superman is revived, they're just like, oh no, now he's going to be like, who the fuck is the one who killed him again? <clears throat> they just did. I said like, oh man, we pet cemetery right, him. Yeah. He's all who's, fucked who's up now. Killed? Like they just don't have a reason. They're just like, oh wow, he's evil yeah, who's for the guy some who reason. Killed Superman. That's crazy. Maybe Superman. I forgot his name. Our friend oh, yeah, Doomsday. Doomsday. Oh, yeah, he yeah, so like, oh, it's called Doomsday Syndrome. When you get Pet Cemetery, then it turns you kind of crazy and you hit your friends. Uh, and Batman tells a shitty joke about it. Uh, in this one, it's like, oh, no, his mind was taken over by Steppenwolf and the Parademons. That's a really good strategy. It's, honestly, it's a good tech. I was like, oh, man. They're in <laughs> if you can brainwash Superman, I would recommend yeah, it's, it. It's a great idea. I, I, I definitely like it. That being said, uh, this leads to two of the most talked about scenes in the movie. Uh, Diana saying, Kal-El no! Uh, which is great. And also, it's like, <laughs> oh, he's beating up Batman and everything. And just shooting Batman in the chest with his eye laser, which I thought would kill him. Because it's an eye laser. I thought he was going to burn. I, I thought there was going to be like a laser beam <laughs> through Batman's chest. I'd be like, I got to pet cemetery him too. <laughs> He's holding up those weak ass gauntlets like this man is one shot away from yeah, dying. And then Lois Lane Which comes out and says, uh <laughs> Hey Lois <laughs> Peter, I thought you died. <laughs> we should just get one of my aunts to guest on this. <laughs> Chris, you're still not married yet? What are you doing? You're wasting your time. You're almost thirty two. Thank you. Thinking about the chicken fight in slow motion. <laughs> she just says, hey, Superman, come on. And she gives him a hug, and he flies away with her and says, oh, I'm just going to I'm just gonna pork her I, for good luck with the... Uh... <laughs> huh, 
She seems to recognize me. She seems to want me inside her. Uh, smell you later, dweeboy. I'm just going to harvest corn and uh, pooch my wife, and good luck with the hammerhead shark guy. And uh, the movie ends. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I have to admit, one of the lines that did get me is, and I believe this is actually one of the lines from the theatrical cut, so I didn't laugh at it in the theatrical cut, and I laughed at it here, was uh, they're trying to determine where they can find the third mother box, because Cyborg's father... Uh, we we think he sacrificed himself, right? And we think that he was uh, destroying the mother box. He doesn't because he can't. He's actually coating it with the hottest substance on Earth, which means that they can track it using a heat signature. So uh, Batman's like, oh, I'll track it with one of my satellites. Cyborg's like, you have a satellite? And <laughs> Batman responds, I have six. Which is, I have to admit, that line kind of got me. That's pretty good. On t- it turns out when you just deadpan a line instead of just looking at the camera going, I have six of them! <laughs> what? I'm rich, guys! The parts that, oh, you know what we didn't talk about? Uh, is this the scene? Is this? Uh, it might as well be. Uh, I, I guess this is about where they go into the Batcave, which happened like 20 minutes into the theatrical cut. And <laughs> it's Yeah, insane. so now they go in here, but we forgot to talk about this, where uh, Batman first meets uh, Barry the Flash. Alex, do you remember uh, what Barry was watching in his home? <laughs> no. Nope. I, I know that you were sleeping, but we definitely talked about this on the episode. Our boy was watching uh, Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check I had forgotten that detail, and, and fucking Ben Affleck's talking, I'm looking over his shoulder, I'm like, is it fucking Rick and Morty TV? <laughs> and I texted you, and you got to, well, actually, me about a comic book movie, and I enjoyed that. Yeah, you know, it's an... So, uh, Superman is sitting there on the farm, he's just kind of looking at corn, and, uh, he goes, Lois goes out to him and says, uh, hey, Stewie spit up again, and he's talking, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he's like, you know, I think I'm good now, and she says, that's, that's good, I'm glad that you're good, and, uh, Martha comes out, and, uh, he's like, hey, mom, I'm, I'm doing good now, and, uh, Martha's like, yeah, it's good. There's really not a whole lot of explanation unless I miss something here. Uh, is there, like, does he get, like, a keychain or something? It's just like, it is good to be good. <laughs> and you know what? That's fine. Yeah. I didn't. I was not looking for the a reason. Is more we dialogue. all know what ends with him becoming Superman again. That's not the point of this. Yeah. I'm fine. Uh, well, I guess we could fast forward to the final battle. Uh, which is already better because Aquaman, when he ghost rides on the Batmobile, he doesn't go, Yeah! Which is uh, <laughs> you said the, better, the one thing but... I missed. When when he gets lifted up by Cyborg and goes, My man! I died laughing. Never in a million years would I have thought that was I in forgot. the original version. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, here's the thing about Aquaman. Doesn't do a whole lot of swimming in this movie, does he? Correct. <laughs> Except for when he rescues him in the tunnel. You just see the silhouette of Aquaman show up in the water. That was pretty yeah, good stuff. It's like, oh, we know who to turn to whenever we're in a sewer again. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the turret. Dude. Straight out of Gears of War. Batman just shoots this alien in the face, then takes over his turret and starts gunning down more bug aliens. Zack Snyder is so cool. <laughs> Batman just spins this whole ending scene like, well, clearly Batman's not going to be able to fight a god from space. So he just hops on a turret and lays down Imagine cover fire. fucking Ben Affleck getting on the turret and saying, Paco, pilot the warthog. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the Flash <laughs> reverses time by running fast. And you know what? That's that's what you want the yeah, Flash for. I gotta know, that probably me. happened in the comic books. I think that actually did. Wait, that was also oh so that also many times happened in the the first Superman movie. So it's no problem. Uh, and I have to admit, while watching this, I was just like, this is actually probably pretty good for kids to watch. Like kids are gonna watch it anyway, cause like, come on. <laughs> but yeah, kids can watch this. I don't care if there's two F farts. You know, like yeah. let's go ahead and do it. And also Wonder Woman turning people into dust. And also that blood spatter from the uh, Atlantean against the rock with the brain spatter. So we get to this ending battle, and I'm like, you know, all joking aside, like, yeah, there's slow motion, but, like, there hasn't been that much. It's been, like, three hours. And then we get here, and then he's just like, oh, here comes the money shot, motherfuckers. And it is constant. It is. That man saved it up for the end of the movie, and the end of the movie is like 20 minutes stretch into 55. It's really good, God though. bless. It's so soul. fucking awesome. Also, it's... the carnage that they commit to Steppenwolf's body. <laughs> it's really funny, because the whole movie is just Steppenwolf being cucked for being the absolute worst dipshit moron. And then he's finally about to succeed. And then Superman just tries to beat him yeah. to death. <laughs> like, he just keeps punching him in the face over and over and over and over and over again. And then he gets beheaded. And then... My God. <laughs> and then Darkseid stomps on his decapitated head. Uh, it's... And Real here's good. the thing, I still think kids should be able to watch this, because there's nothing more graphic about this scene than, like, most of the stuff that's in fucking Harry Potter movies. Like, it's fine. Yeah, it's you know, whatever, like, it's, it's an alien head exactly. getting stuff. No one cares. He's a bad guy. It's okay to do that to bad guys. So These kids were on TikTok at, like, age seven. They have seen horrible so things. Darkseid holds up the uh, Infinity Gauntlet and says, I'll get you next time, Spider-Man. And the movie, it, oh, wait, we have to talk about the epilogue. It... A premonition Alex, Alex, of wait, what's wait, wait, to come. Damn Alex, it! Wait, the epilogue's probably the best part of the movie. This is this is what <laughs> this you're here is for, exactly my dude. What you're here Buckle for. up. Okay, put on your helmet. So, I have to admit, I really love the idea of setting up like the actual room for the Justice League, like the the room where they're all going to sit. Like, there's a round table, and they're going to have you know chairs for everyone. And even Gal Gadot saying, "and room for more." I'm just like, shit! I can't wait to see the next one. Uh. So Parker, oh. they're gonna they're may, gonna make another one of these, right? Zack Snyder's gonna be involved in some. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Aquaman two no, coming soon, Dick. So, You're welcome. I, I have to admit, uh, after this, I was like, boy, I actually am kind of excited for the next one. So the the Snyder cut does what none of the other DC movies could do, which is make me excited for a sequel, and that's high praise. Now after this, we go to Arkham Asylum. That's where all the bad guys are from Batman's uh, Rogues Gallery. And I gotta tell you, they just decapitated an all-powerful alien. I don't know what the Joker's gonna do to them. (laughs) That was one of the things that they actually talked about in fucking Suicide Squad. They called them, what, metahumans, I think was the word that they used. It's like, they just had... I, I don't remember that alien's name. The alien from Man of Steel who destroyed an entire city. So what's Captain Boomerang going to do? <laughs> All right, let's just wait, get to wait, the wait, juicy wait, part. Wait, wait, let's talk wait, about... Wait, we have to do oh, you want to just take your time getting yeah, there, huh? okay, because we have to do this. It's it's. All right, next nope. week's episode, I have the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... We have the scene where... I, I don't even know if they show the bad guy who's doing all this, but... 
I guess fast forward to the future, it's Batman Amber Heard for some reason. Because uh, <laughs> Aquaman is yeah, dead Aquaman at this point. Aquaman is dead, Amber Heard is alive, so she's partnered up with Batman. Uh, someone else, is there... Fucking... <laughs> 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 this is just his thing, huh? Just pairing Batman with everybody else's girlfriend? Fucking Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke. Because sure, you figured out. he's in there too. And they're in this, like, bombed out city it looks like fucking spec ops the line here and uh they're (laughs) yeah that's that's honestly exactly what it reminded me of i was just like what are they looking is this gonna be one of those iraq war things because that was in batman v superman it was kind of awkward (laughs) and it's like oh was it ever it's like yeah he's out there somewhere i'm like who's out there and uh our good friend the joker shows up God, oh my God. Damn it, does he this fucking scene? So, <laughs> this teta teta. Can we just will. talk about now? I mentioned earlier that Gal Gadot talks for about fifteen minutes uh, to Ben Affleck about something. Now that's okay because those are two people having a conversation. It's just them. Us three, we're ha- we're going to have a two-hour conversation about two movies that we watch. But it's just us three. There's no one else. It's just kind of standing off to the side, being like, uh, "Excuse me, can I get a word in edgewise?" No. <laughs> Uh, the Joker, for some reason, is brought along by Batman, and the Joker's got an Uzi, I guess? Uh, I don't know what he's going to do with this. Uh, he's going to shoot people. I guess he's part of their newly formed Justice League now. And this okay, is sure. this is where Batman <laughs> goes up to the Joker. They just talk for about 20 minutes, and their three friends are in the background just going like, uh... <laughs> So, uh. <laughs> well, it seems like these guys have a lot of history together. We better let them sort I it out. I'm just imagining the Joker walking up to Amber Heard and being like, you know, I actually believed all of your allegations the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine watching th- three hours and 50 minutes. Like, all right, now Jared Leto's back. <laughs> it's, it's such a cool thing. Now, flex. here's the thing these are words I was not expecting to say on this podcast. The Jared Leto as the Joker scene was my favorite part of the movie. I am dead serious. I it's fucking certainly love. the scene I'll remember most for the rest now, of my life. I hated Jared Leto as a Joker in Suicide Squad. I'm in print as uh, having said that. This is like a different version of that Joker. It's like a, it's like he's actually scary. He's actually uh, intimidating. You could see how he could cause damage to the Justice... Not the Justice... Is the Justice League or the Avengers? Whichever. Uh-oh, Chris got the used condoms in the mail. <laughs> not yet. Uh, he's a... Uh... The way that he would do it is just psychological manipulation. He would target Batman, the money of the group, and he would fuck up the Justice League that way. And he's very psychologically manipulative. And... It works so well in this scene. You also get uh, Batman saying the fuck word. It works. It's, it's so fun. It's great. It's fine. It's just like, and believe me, I will fucking kill you. I was just like, man, I, I believe it. I, I don't know why you brought him along. I, uh, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know why you're friends with him, but uh, I actually really like I, the scene. I'm really glad. Want... <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're I'm, good. I'm really glad I didn't watch this now because seeing him come back and thinking that he was going to say the line and now knowing that he does not say the line <laughs> would have actually broken my I got to admit I was waiting for it and he didn't say it and uh oh well, you know. If he had said that line it would have bothered me. Do you want to know? <laughs> Do you want the hot piece of trivia about this scene? Uh, let's hear it. So this is like one of the few reshoots they did. 
all of this dialogue, including the Joker joking about giving Batman a reach around, because why wouldn't he? All from Zack Snyder's dome, baby. That's all pure, uncut Zack. Good. More the Zack screenwriter Snyder. was not a part I of this. Like he just wrote this dumb shit down. He's like, hey, Ben, Jared, go say this, and I'll splice it together. I, I'm in favor of it. It worked for me. And here's the thing. The, the guy that they're searching for in this bombed-out desert is actually Superman. He's a bad guy now. <laughs> and then Batman wakes up because it was all a dream. Dude, the epilogue of this movie being, hey, the next movie, there'll just be a nightmare feature where Superman's murdering everyone. You ask me if I want Zack Snyder's that movie or Ant-Man 3, it is not a competition which one I want to see next. And so, at the end of the movie, the Martian Manhunter's here. Dude, the fucking nerve to be like, oh, hi, it's me. I've been here the whole time I, I as like well. I like how he actually s- <laughs> Goodbye! I like how he actually says the words, you know, some people call me the Martian Manhunter. <laughs> It's very much like girls Word? at school call me the Martian Manhunter. <laughs> because I don't come. Because uh, <laughs> I'm a huge pussy and I wear a fedora. <laughs> I guess he was on the the Justice League cartoon or something that people like. Oh, you I'm don't so- pretend. <laughs> where's our, the where's our hot girl movie? I'm not taking that bait. <laughs> I'm not sure that's in the pipe somewhere. Uh... No, I, I guess, well, that's more or less the movie ends. There's also a scene where, where Jesse Eisenberg is there on his boat talking to Deathstroke. Wait, he's back too? That was a... <laughs> Just one final That was That was actually you. a scene that was in uh, the theatrical cut, and... I sure was. I just, oh, I, I didn't, think I remember Didn't make that. sense then like, either. Don't worry about it. You may have woken up at the end. I know that you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, it was a post-credit oh, yeah, scene. Exactly. So because I haven't awake. seen any of the other movies that he's in, and I remember seeing See, him that's movies, the thing is, so. I know you would have been awake for that because it was a mid-credit scene or something like that, and you were woken up before the credits by the Americlaps, and you looked at me and started cackling. <laughs> I forgot you had him clapping for that. That owns... <laughs> That's so cool. So Jesse Eisenberg is on his boat. He says, imagine, if you will, that I had the name of Batman. <laughs> and by the way, that bald wig does not look good on him. <laughs> it is horrendous. Uh, turns out Jesse Eisenberg's half a dick in real life. Yeah. Oh, word? Anyway, uh, I guess that's the movie then. Uh, that's it. Uh, Parker, I'll let you give your thoughts and then I'll give my thoughts. <clears throat> I mean, like I said, I ended up watching this in one night. Which I did not plan on doing. Like, despite me saying that I was always going to watch it, because I'm me. Like, this was going to be a two or three night occasion. I saw it was broken up into parts. I was like, oh, thank God. I can just space this out. I'll be fine. But, uh, someone just making insane swings from, like, actually good and compelling to the dumbest shit I've ever seen is way more interesting than, like, a lot of... I'm looking at Marvel Slate. I'm like, oh, boy, I can't wait for, uh... Captain Marvel 2 and uh, whatever Shang-Chi and the Eternals is or this fucking Black Widow movie that will not go away like I'm sure they'll be fine I'll see them because like everything's on IP towards day one like yeah sure I'll watch it why wouldn't I it's it's free it's not gonna be hard to find like but this is just more interesting than all that because it's so stupid but in like a fantastic way it's so earnest there's no winking of like, wow, I'm just a rich guy and we're fighting aliens. Like, no, it's, it takes it almost too seriously, which is exactly what I want out of something like yeah. this. So 
I mean, we mentioned stuff like uh, the the fact that the movie's in four three. Ten minutes in, you don't even care. Like you, you don't even mind. It's fine. You don't even worry about it. It, it. You're not even thinking about the aspect ratio anymore. The fact that it's four hours long, I, honestly, the fact that it was split up into parts made it kind of feel like that one Quibi show that you guys made me watch. Uh, where it was just, I was like, was there only one? You only made me watch one. It was the Kevin Hart thing. Heart to kill. Oh yeah, we'll have to yeah, fix yeah. that. Yeah, I yeah. did do that. Uh, and I remember that my take on it was like, well, the fact that it's split up into parts means I just want to watch the next part, even if I'm not enjoying it. I still want to watch the next part. So, the four hours kind of fly by. Uh, you forget that you know you, that is four hours long. It, it feels cohesive. I mean, as much as we made fun of this movie, as much dumb shit as there is in this movie, there's a lot more good stuff in it than bad. But ultimately, and this is my biggest point that I want to make about this, the most important thing about this movie is that it doesn't matter if it's good. It doesn't matter if it's bad. It, what matters is that we got to see this. We got to see the director's vision. I'm not saying that this is the Magnificent Ambersons or anything, although I probably would like this more than the uncut version, but... I, I don't want to see the studio interference version. I don't want to see the Joss Whedon uh, reshot uh, color saturation turned up to look like barf version. I want to see the writer-director's version of their movie. Uh, flaws, warts, and all. Uh, that's the one that I want to see. And the fact that we got to see this, I think that's a great and wonderful thing for film. So an Eye of the Tiger... Yeah, like I joked in the... Oh, sorry, I didn't I'm, mean to cut I, you off. I, I, no, Go I was making a joke for you, an Eye of the Tiger <clears throat> I'll cut that. No, like, I don't care about a David Ayer version of Suicide Squad, but also the fact that the studio took his movie and went, well, people like this Bohemian Rhapsody trailer, so we're just going to let the trailer <laughs> company edit your movie. Drives me fucking insane. So, like, I don't think that movie would be good, but also, fuck <laughs> off. Release the actual thing. It drives me insane. Like, fuck them. Zack Snyder, after all of this, ended up somehow coming up on top and making everyone at Warner Brothers look like complete fucking morons. And that's good to me, because I didn't have any stake in the game. I watched a long movie. The end. That was my involvement in this whole process. Which is, yeah. boy. Isn't it nice just not having to fucking care about things anymore? Remember like two years ago when like you just get invested in these kind of things, and now life is just pointless? So when I have the tiger, Gary Busey's in. I mean, really say anything funny. So we'll join us in the next episode. Sorry, I can't. I can't, be, I can't believe you took. Uh, you took the rise of Skywalker that hard, buddy. <laughs> Dude, did you not stop getting that excited episode? about all movies? Life is pointless. Like, well, it's not my fault. Movies stopped coming out for a year. <laughs> Parker took Rise of Skywalker really hard. I remember that episode. That episode may have broken him. Dude, it sure. Did. I mean. Certain other circumstances definitely helped. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Alex, do you have anything you would like to say about Justice League? Yeah, like everything you described. That like just listening to that conversation, it's like, oh, cool. So this movie fixes all of the problems I have with the first two Avengers movies because both of those are fucking unwatchable to me, and both of them probably Correct. should be four hours. Like, if you're go if you're doing a movie of this scope and scale, like yeah, four hours is probably the sweet spot. That makes sense. Even if Zack Snyder can't edit his way out of a paper bag, I totally get that. Um, but yeah, like maybe if you're gonna do these like huge grandiose superhero epics, maybe don't like fucking try to put it in the theater because it doesn't work in that format. I would have watched it. For someone who likes dumb action as much as you do, I think you would enjoy 
this, but also, as you said to me off mic, that would also involve watching Batman v Superman, and that is like seven yeah. hours total investment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I get it. I understand yeah, I completely. Because I had a moment of like, should I watch that again to refresh? And I just stared at it like, that's that's my entire day mm-hmm. off, man. I can't, I can't do that. Yeah, I certainly wasn't yeah. going to do that. And like, and like to take it a step further, like I think I actually don't like all of Zack Snyder's other movies except for the the fucking zombie one that I already forgot which zombie movie it was Donovan a remake of. Um, sure, um, like Three Hundred's fine, but also I've seen it four times in my life and I don't ever need to see it again. It's, it's that's a real diminishing returns movie for me. Like I, I just when I think about a Zack Snyder movie, I think about those just awful slow motion fights in Watchmen and it kills my desire to ever watch anything that he touches even if he's got some stuff to say I don't know maybe someday yeah. we'll see <coughs> eventually movies are just gonna keep getting pushed back it's gonna be 2023 and be like ah fuck it man I'll watch Batman break a toilet over his head <laughs> that movie's worth watching just for when Gal Gadot comes in and you hear the theme song that was really cool Oh god, Jesse Eisenberg in that movie. You're not wrong. Let's talk about Eye of the Tiger. I bet you'd like to, but also, I have some other things to discuss. Oh, Curtis. about Justice League? Oh no, about another movie I watched oh, this week. Oh, never mind, okay, let's, uh, let's hear it. Because I needed more. <laughs> I needed more Snyder in my fucking veins. Movie. Come on. So I watched the extended version a fucking sucker punch. Oh, hey. You guys. Wait a second. Wait a second. Can I? I'll just give you an admission oh, here. Man. I saw that in theaters. I was the one. And uh, yeah, I remember. Out. I remember actually. <laughs> no one's gonna I remember say it. actually kind of liking it when it came out. Now, that was how many years this ago? This is. That was like 12 years ago? Something like that? This is the most pure and uncut Snyder I've ever seen. Oh, this might be my future. Because he just. The whole base is like, alright, so she like keeps going to these elaborate like dream fantasy sequences. So he just gets to write six absurdly stupid action set pieces and be like, well, they don't have to connect anymore. So the, at first she'll just go into an ancient Japanese village and then fight a bunch of samurai. And then she's just back in her fantasy. And then they're in World War Two, fighting a bunch of Nazi robots. And then she's back to normal. And then they're fighting orcs to get to a dragon. And then we're back in the asylum. And that's just going on for, let me check the clock there, two hours in the extended version. Do you still have that giant train battle that I remember? Oh, (laughs) do they ever. Giant in scope and also length. Because goddamn, every action scene is so... So long, and it all looks like but See, that's the thing that I was talking about. Like in in uh, Sucker Punch, I think the idea here is that when they do these elaborate striptease dance things, that they go inside their mind to do this fancy thing, and it's like maybe they're telling a story with their dance, that sort of thing. I'm like, boy, how long is this dance? But they're all on a train. It's like that guy would be bored <laughs> when this when this opened with the basically non no dialogue playing out of her abusive father probably killing their mother and then killing her little sister all set to a slow melodic version of sweet dreams are made of this God i knew in it. the first two minutes like okay this was this was the correct choice 
This is going straight into my blood. <laughs> Every single song in this movie is just a shitty, slow-down, melodramatic cover of a song you already like. It's so good. It is... Like, this movie plays like a Zack Snyder parody at, like, 40 different points. Fuck yes. It is somehow more pure and uncut than a four-hour Justice League. It's more indulgent than that. I don't understand how. Like, obviously when she goes into the fantasy world, it's all bright and colorful. And though that opening scene when she's first going to the asylum, the movie is more great than, like, most black and white movies I've ever seen. It is insane how washed out it is. It Like, there's a slow, stylized close-up of a letter opener opening an envelope. Like, you like, come on, it. fuck you guys, that's not real. Like, you're pulling my leg, fuck you, dude. But no, and it's all set to sweet <laughs> dreams. It is... <laughs> my god, dude. Man, you just, uh... <laughs> you just dislodged something from my brain this week. Ooh, what's that? <laughs> because the fucking elimination on last week's episode of The Challenge was set to <laughs> sweet dreams are made of these. The Weezer version. <laughs> Which I did not know existed. Me neither. Me neither, thank you for I that. hear, like, fucking eight bars. I'm like, motherfucker, is this Weezer? And then it has, like, the little MTV, like, now playing pop-up in the bottom left. This is now playing <laughs> Sweet Dreams by Weezer. And it did things to me. Look, I'm sure there are some women out there that find this movie very empowering. But when I see a woman almost get raped, and then we just cut to them stealing a bomb off of a train piloted by robots, I'm like, I don't know, man. Maybe I just have a different lived-in experience than you. I don't know what to fucking tell you. It is six or seven of just the dumbest, most Snyder action set pieces just thrown together in between scenes of like, I don't like the way he's looking at that teenage girl. So good job, Zach. Way to it's actually way to really stick it to him. Uh, yeah, I almost watched Watchmen, but uh, I don't think you had time time. for that. (laughs) That is there uh, there a director's cut? I had a busy day today. Uh, but yeah, uh, Sucker Punch probably don't watch it ever. You're probably good. (laughs) (laughs) Like I knew it'd be stupid, but I was like, huh, that's exactly what I thought that was going to be in all of the worst ways. Things. You know what else is good? Is Tiger Claws 3. Oh, fuck yes, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, uh... I didn't realize it would translate to screen as basically the Kryptonians from Superman 2 just shooting lightning bolts at cars for like 45 Yep. It is profoundly shitty in such a good way. It fucking owns. I, I forgot that they just kill Cynthia Rothrock in the first scene. So you just follow this uncharismatic dude getting karate training while fighting these alien Asian guys that are like the embodiment of fighting spirit or something. And... Best film trilogy I've seen all year. I'll throw that out there. <laughs> Goddamn right. It is from start to finish. Just so many highs and lows, twists and turns. <laughs> Everyone should treat themselves to the three Tiger Claws movies. <laughs> Let me mention one last thing that I watched. Now, you're aware, you know, shows like Kenny versus Spinny, but more of the Japanese variety. 
where they do punishments and they just torment people for like 20 oh, you minutes. Mean like the, one of those, like they go into the library and you have to be quiet and they do stuff? Something like that. You can find this by simply searching for the phrase pie hell. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> I've seen this. <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've seen all year. Where which a man has to li- stay in a house all day. And inside the house, people will just mercilessly pelt him with pies, but he cannot react to them. He cannot acknowledge them in any way, shape, or form. He just has to go on with his day. So an announcer will pop on and be like, Huh, I should get out of bed and go smoke. So he gets out of bed, walks into the living room, sits down, and the second he gets that cigarette lit, a pie just pelts him right in the face. At one point, like, ah, you should go get the newspaper. <laughs> and they just keep pelting it out of his hands. And every time he reaches for it, they throw another like, one This one is just on the floor. He looks miserable. <laughs> and then there's wallets on the floor, and he's reaching down for it. <laughs> and all the chameleon pies hit this thing. It's basically just a plate full of whipped cream. And they all make the most satisfying... Flap sound every time it hits me. It's like, I should go for a relaxing dip. Someone <laughs> snuck into the bathroom and just covered the toilet seat in it. So he has to go sit down. And someone just walks up and just pelts him full force on the dick with the pie. <laughs> Don't they get the toilet paper too? <laughs> and when they tell him to swim, they're like, oh shit, we don't know what to do. So they just start pelting the towels he has to use with them. <laughs> it's like 20 minutes long I had tears coming out of my face Wait, Alex And at one point no one pelts him for a while And someone from upstairs just throws one full force at his head Alex, Alex have you ever seen Pie Hell? I have not seen Put it at the top of it's your list so good. It's the funniest viral video I've ever seen <laughs> Just there's like six dudes doing it too, so <laughs> at one point they tell him to put on music, and in unison they just pelt him as soon as the song is all at the same time. It's oh, it really brightened my day up after watching. Pie Hell is twenty minutes long. It's better than the vast majority of ninety minute plus movies. <laughs> it's it's so satisfying top to bottom because he almost breaks a couple times. <laughs> When he gets out of the pool, dries himself with the pie-soaked towel in the bushes, he goes, I should get back in the pool. He just looks like he wants to die. <laughs> it's so funny. I forgot about it. I should that. <laughs> the only other thing that I'll mention, it doesn't really count, but I just felt like mentioning it, is I watched UFC 8, and they were stalling for time at the end because the fights ended early. So Don the Dragon Wilson just had to interview Chris Penn, who was there for some reason in Puerto <laughs> Rico. Like oh, yes. And all my worlds came together for one beautiful <laughs> moment. Okay, now we can talk oh, about I'll, I'll the just mention when I watched briefly, it's not even worth going into detail. I rewatched the movies. Uh, Alex came over for a couple of them. Uh, nice. I had to. Right, I decided to, <laughs> I had to. I had to rewatch. Uh, or I elected to rewatch. Uh, you're next. Still good. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, yeah. Still eh. And Song of the South. 
So in Eye of the Tiger, uh, <laughs> huh. uh, actually, okay. What's the Zack Snyder cut of that? <laughs> Elected to. Huh? Here's 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 the thing. Here's the joke. It's uh, there's a different movie called Song of the South. Uh, it's it's about Dwayne Allman. Not to be confused. <laughs> not to be confused with the Prayer Fox version. <laughs> not the football reporter. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. So I talked to Jeff. Jeff is like, uh, he's the one who sent me American Sniper. He's also a hardcore Disney fan. Like he actually wants to move to Orlando because he'd be closer to Disney World. And I asked him, so how do you? I asked oh, him, how do cool. you feel about the fact that they're removing uh, Brer Rabbit and Brer Fox from Song of the South from the uh, the the water rapids ride that they have over the splash mountain and he said oh don't get me started and i did not get him started i have to wonder <laughs> i have to wonder what that conversation would have been like i don't think he would have said cancel culture but he would have I, he would have had to I eat wish. so many pieces in a month of times <laughs> You know they replace it with uh, the Princess and the Frog stuff, right? So, <laughs> oh no, it's, it's somehow worse. Of all rides, really? Uh, which black ones do we have? Oh, that's it. After all these years, huh? Oh, okay. Put the frog on there, I guess. Oh uh, yeah. Anyway, good job, the Dwayne Allman documentary, pretty good. So let's talk about <laughs> Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> Long last. So. The movie just... Well, by the way, I want to talk about... I, I downloaded this movie. Naughty Chris. Uh, sub 700 megabyte file. Now, boy, that's some nostalgia for you. Oh, hell <laughs> yep. yeah, dude. Still oh, yeah. really good. So, uh, good impression in the thing. Uh, it just opens. No opening credits or anything until the first thing we see is Gary Busey putting his clothes on. Uh, which is really great. Uh and he's got a little friend, and they're getting out of prison. You guys remember the Blues Brothers? It's like that, but without music. And, uh, actually, there's... You say without right, music. That's, that's not true. <laughs> it's like that, but without dancing. this fucking movie doesn't open and close with Eye of the Tiger. Which, here's the thing. I Isn't there, like, an unwritten rule in Hollywood that you can't reuse that song? It's like, that's the that's the thing from uh, Rocky. Rocky Three, right? You, you can't just reuse that song. It's I think they I think they made that rule after this. Movie maybe came out. something like that. It's like so it's weird. Funny story. So when I hit play and the, you know it shows the production logos, I'm like, what the fuck is the Scotty Brothers? That's not a real uh, thing. So it turns out they're also a record company who uh, helped launch the careers of Weird Al Yankovic and also Survivor. So they just <laughs> had them on the payrolls like. Well, hang on a second. We can make a movie and then just use our own song we own the rights that's actually, to. That's actually a sick tech. Four years after Rocky <laughs> Three comes tech. out. That's a sick tech. I appreciate that's that. That's good. That yeah. Fresh. You ain't never seen a fucking hey, movie This like might this. surprise you. <laughs> they also had James Brown signed, if you couldn't figure that out every time Yafit Koto was on screen. Uh, so, what a good movie. So, uh, yeah. Also, there's more to say about the soundtrack in a little bit, but... Uh, He's putting on his uh, clothes and stuff, and they're getting out of prison. And uh, just another question: I know you guys haven't seen Blue Spurs. Have you guys seen a little movie called um, Scarface? No. Wow. Really? Yes. Uh, <laughs> because uh, give me some fucking because credit. that character is just doing Al Pacino and Scarface. Yeah, it's it's a lot. This dude, like, we get concurrent intros of him and Gary Busey. At, like, the 12-minute mark, we never see this dude again. He's treated like 
star 1A and 1B of the movie, and he's just gone. This had to have been his first... Star- Sorry. This had to have been his first, like... Uh-huh. No. Leave it in. It had to have been his first, like, featured role or something like that, and he was just like, oh, man, I'm only in this movie for six minutes. I gotta go for it. And uh, he goes for it, and we never see him again, unfortunately. I guess he went for it too hard. I guess this really does contrast with Gary Busey's really understated performance. Like, I'm not saying that he's, like, you know, completely normal or anything, but I guess I'm looking for silver bullet Gary Busey, and I'm not getting that. We're, you're really grading on a curve when Gary Busey's playing a character named Buck Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to talk about the opening credits here. So we see Gary Busey, Yafikoto, and absolutely no one of consequence. But I want to talk about the guy Correct. who did the music. Music supervision, composition, arranging, and everything. Uh, did you guys have any takes about the score of this movie, like the soundtrack? Do you guys uh, Was it at all memorable to you? Nothing? Okay. Uh, Not particular. This was done by, uh, by a man named Don Preston. Don Preston was uh, one of the keyboardists in The Mothers of Invention. And yeah, I was going to say, I was like, Chris, Yeah, say, you say might as word. well. <laughs> I got to say, this is one of his better soundtracks. He was well known for this kind of a bizarre way of, uh, of attacking the keys because when he learned how to play piano, his, uh, his keyboard teacher would like smack him on the hands with a ruler, which would affect the way that he played. So that's why the soundtrack sounds the way that it does, kids. Uh, very, very bizarre individual. Um, but as you can tell, pretty talented. Actually really liked his soundtrack on this one. It's not exactly Carpenter, but uh, I thought he did a really good job. And it's also good to see that he got work post-Mothers. So, uh, the movie ends, and uh, we'll see you next week. We got... <laughs> <laughs> Chris at the important part. Right. Gary Busey was in it. Frank Zappa. All right, yeah, exactly. Here. So, Gary Busey, released from prison, decides, oh, I gotta return home, because uh, home is where the home is. Okay, and uh, he gets his uh, belongings and tells his affairs. Goes to visit his lovely wife and daughter, who are still alive and happy to be alive. And they're like, "Shouldn't we go like somewhere else yeah. where uh, you know less gangs and stuff like that?" He's like, "But home is where the home is." And they're like, "Okay." <laughs> and uh, is this like? I have to ask because there are so many versions of this exact movie. Are, like, biker games gangs actually a menace to anyone ever? Not since the 50s. Like, this can't be real, right? <laughs> Not, I don't, again, I don't think this is a thing since Rebel Without a ju- Cause. Go ahead. I think it just came out of points like, alright, we can't just keep using Cubans and black people as our stand-in bad guys. We gotta we gotta get a little bit more creative here. Uh, bikers, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Not just minorities, but bikers. So it's just the bike. Look, we'll get to the Death Wish movies at some point. From, you guys so if boy. you guys remember the Wraith, uh, it's kind of like them. <laughs> They're back. I will this movie could use more Clint Howard. I will never forget. Yeah, the I gotta Wraith. rewatch that. <laughs> uh, there are some minor interactions between Gary and the gang, and some stuff happens, and uh, he sticks some dynamite up one of the guy's asses, and the movie ends. So, <laughs> God so, does he ever. Let's, let's actually talk about it. So, this town is just menaced by a motorcycle gang. And everyone, it's kind of like, if you remember, uh, Parker, did you see the 90s version of It? 
Yeah, we, we did. did. I, thought we did a, I thought we did one on the remake. I didn't know we did one on the original. Anyway, uh, that was a while ago. <laughs> Remember how whenever, like, uh, the bullies were terrorizing uh, those kids that the townsfolk would just look at it and, go and awkwardly walk back into their house because they don't want to mess with the fifth graders because of trash can day? <laughs> <laughs> the fifth graders kept saying slurs and they're like, oh, yeah, they'll grow out of like, it. You know, I saw what they did to Arnold and Gerald with that trash can. I don't want any of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to get the vacant yeah. lot back. These guys are a menace. Well, the same thing happens here. They go riding by the motorcycles, and the butcher's just like, uh, oh, no. <laughs> All the fucking adults being like, all right, we have to work with Torvald to take down the wolf game. <laughs> <laughs> It's the only way. <laughs> That's basically what's going on here. Don't mess with the big bad bikers. You can just, like, hold out, like, a rope or something. They'll trip over it. Well, I think it's got, we'll get to I mean, that. Motor- Turns out there's no more room on their flag football team for Gary BC. They don't know what to do. So uh, the motorcycle gang uh, decides, hey, you know, Tuesday night, let's go out and rape a woman. And Gary Busey hears that, and Super Gary takes over, and he saves the, the woman. And he becomes a local news star. And I gotta tell you, this scene of the local news lady going to his house and uh, congratulating him on saving the day while a bunch of jackasses make faces in the camera. That really hit home for me. This is journalism. Being, like, well-known in a small town is, like, one of the worst fears I have. It yeah. seems like an absolute nightmare. Being in a town of, like, 80 people and everyone knows you. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, most well-known guy in my hometown's a neo-Nazi. The, the biker gang is just like, hey... You know, kind of a kind of a party foul for you to do that. So they ride through his house and they kill his wife. Chris, pause. <laughs> Would you like to give the the listeners the name of the leader of the biker? Oh, game? I forgot. Is it Lord Humongous? Because it looks just like him. You're close. He is referred to only as Blade. <laughs> <laughs> He looks like Bennett from Commando, but, like, in shape. I love it. Oh, he looks ridiculous. His hair. Oh, God, this movie's so good. So, they... This movie is a very distinct thing. Like, for 45 minutes, it's like, okay, that's like your standard revenge movie. I get what's going on. He's coming back, getting menaced. And then at the halfway mark, it just turns into, hey, guys... Yeah. Check this shit out. Like, before and it turns we, insane. Before we even get to that, like Chris touched on the scene where the bikers drive their bikes through Gary Busey's house to murder. Yeah, wife. they're just driving through the and living room is, going, Arr! Not an exaggeration. It's just like a fucking skate park in a Tony Hawk game. Except it's a dude's living room and guys on motorcycles. <laughs> Like the way it's framed, like someone drives through the window, you're like, "Oh shit!" And then it cuts to the other side of the house, and then two more people drive through the wall behind Gary <laughs> Busey. It is beautifully staged. It's fantastic stuff. Yeah, it's seriously so fucking good. Also, the lead up to that scene is a biker gang learns where his house is because they were watching the local news. You know, motorcycle games love local politics, so uh... <laughs> they're all gathered around watching it at their yeah, hideout. <laughs> their hideout in plain day with no walls. Uh, <laughs> and they're watching this tiny television, which one guy gets really bad. He picks up and goes, Arr! and he throws it in their tools. <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually that was um, that was an, an editing mistake. What happened in that scene was uh, somebody turned the items on, so that TV just had to go. <laughs> you know, that's actually the preferred television to watch Justice League on. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the sound they make at the beginning when Doomsday and Superman die. 
<laughs> it just shockwaves out to Atlantis like, what yeah. is God damn it! I want to watch Justice League on the Shrek TV now. <laughs> Same, but like the the GameCube built-in screen. <laughs> so the movie ends. <laughs> no, uh, we're we're no. In, uh, they go to the hospital, right? And Gary Busey's praying to a cross, which they have in hospitals these days. And the pastor comes over, is like, "Can I pray with you, my lad?" He says, uh, "Yeah, plenty of room in the pew." It's like we're praying for the soul of your wife, I assume. He says, no, Pastor, I'm a brain for vengeance. And the pastor just kind of looks at him and doesn't say anything, because he can't really say no. <laughs> I, it's, it's important to note, like, before we move on from this, that the biker attack <laughs> leaves his daughter in a coma <laughs> from shock. Much not, like not Eric because, Roberts' son. <laughs> yeah, not because the bikers beat her up, but because she watched her mom die and immediately just went, yep. Coma time. Goodbye. <laughs> they just turn her into Tommy from Tommy. <laughs> when he said he's praying for a vengeance, I did a quiet little fist pump in my living room. That's what you want. That's what you want to hear. <laughs> Are we going on to the funeral scene now? Which got an actual belly laugh out of it. <laughs> I, I might have to find the... Uh... The, the the background noise to be, to to use for this because uh, I, dear Lord, we commit her soul to heaven. Ekam uh, spiritu tuo. She was a pillar of the community. And in the background, I'm going to have a bunch of motorcycles going. <laughs> like twenty dudes on dirt bikes just show up and go, <laughs> and they just drive off. It's an ultimate power move. Just mid sermon, (laughs) and they just leave. They don't even take their helmets off. They don't give a shit. Oh man! Between between this and Purple Rain, this podcast is really going to drive me to buying a motorcycle. And I'm not same, but Angel Cop. Also, Angel Cop. Yeah, a lot of motorcycle. The next place I move to, babe. I know we've been talking about buying a dog for a while, but I actually spent it on a motorcycle instead. (laughs) I I know the next place I'm going to move to has to have a garage because I'm going to be a motorcycle guy. (laughs) Just imagine you on a dirt bike trying to do the Akira drift, (laughs) just eating shit. I got a motorcycle jacket. Looks pretty sick too. Oh hell yeah, dude! Is it the drive jacket? <laughs> dude, same. <laughs> the scorpion on the back. Just to you want to go brood and call women cunts with me? This one was like, oh, welcome to Chick Fil A. What would you like? He just sort of like do like a long forlorn, forlorn stare at the thing. <laughs> Sir, it's just chicken on a sandwich or chicken by itself. What do you want? I'm just staring at your feet like an asshole. Oh, he's so pensive. Wow, all the all the babes definitely think he's this so attractive. Right now. This is turned into a Nicholas Winding Refn podcast. <laughs> oh my God, he's so deep in thought. I wonder if he wants pickles or not. Next week's episode, the Neon Demon. So, Alex, I think all the time about your tech back in school, wanting to work at Chick Fil A, so you'd always have Sundays off. I think about it constantly. <laughs> you broke up. Say that again. Your brain genius move when you were in college, you needed a part-time job, so you were just going to work at Chick-fil-A so you'd always have Sundays off. So yeah. <laughs> that was such a brain genius move. <laughs> Even back then, you had so much raw power in your I brain. Know. <laughs> Be like, whatever, I'll serve fries. It gives a shit on to work Sundays. <laughs> 
<laughs> not a single so rich nor valley to be found. <laughs> so let's stop talking. I just remember hearing it at the moment, laughing at the way and like, oh shit. That's really sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so let's stop talking about Drive really quick and talk about, talk about Eye of the Tiger again. So, um,. How does he get them back? Because he gets them back at one point. I think at one point he, he kills, uh, I guess, the brother. He decap. He calls in a favor to fucking John right. Turturro, who just sends him a twisted right. metal truck. And uh, a friend. <laughs> and uh, together they decapitate the brother of Blade. Uh, oh, dude. <laughs> they set up that chicken wire, and you're just leading in like, Oh, hang on, what kind of movie is this? Because this hasn't been like this hasn't been like a Death Wish level thing. So like, what's gonna happen here? Surely, his head is not gonna go flying off his body. There's no way that could happen here. And he sets it up, and 20 seconds later, that bite comes racing through, and his head goes flying. <laughs> It's not even like they tease it for like, ah, this might come in handy. He just lays chicken wire, and then a segment here, <laughs> and his head goes flying so, off. So there, yet another moment in this movie where I was just like, does that actually work? <laughs> so how do they, they do they get oh, back real? at him for that? How do they do that? I know at one point they kidnap his daughter, but at one point he also... <laughs> Don't they like dig oh, right, up his I wife's forgot. coffin? Yeah, I actually wrote that down. At one point, they're like, "Here's how we'll do it. We'll just we'll escalate this by digging up your wife's casket and dumping it on your doorstep." Like, damn, dude, that funeral really must have left an impact on you guys. Dude, it's like the corn episode of South Park where they use Kyle's dead grandma to try and scare the older kids. <laughs> <laughs> Niblet. <laughs> uh, so he gets back at them by blowing himself up. He makes, a, he makes a facade Gary Busey in the car. Which, by the way, my favorite thing in the world is they surround the car and they're like, I think they're firing guns into it. One of them gets closer to check on it. And it turns out it looks nothing like him. <laughs> is this the same tech that Christopher Dorner did? <laughs> oh, he's watching the skies. <laughs> you think he was a big fan of this movie? We have to use a mother box to bring back Christopher Dorner to fight Steppenwolf. <laughs> Oh, he's the changeling. Anyway. No, Steppenwolf, we share. We swear, he's over there in that truck. Just, uh... <laughs> anyway, folks, that's our Christopher Dorner segment of this podcast. So, after they blow up the car, which I admit the most I've ever been disappointed by a car blowing up in a movie. Like, you could do a bigger explosion than that. Come on. Call James Cameron. He's not doing anything important. Uh, you could tell they had one truck on set. They're like... Did it all go off? All right, fuck it. So Next Yafik, scene. So Yafik Kono teams up with him to ride in his truck and like lasso a guy around the throat and crush his larynx so he can't tell them where the base is. Uh, <laughs> but they're able to get some information out of I... him. Parker, would you like to explain what happens in this scene? <laughs> oh, well, you see, 
the man won't talk because he can't. So Gary's like, ah, I know how to get him to talk. And just grabs a handful of lube, just globs it on this dynamite, <laughs> shoves it right up this dude's ass. In one fluid motion, I'll be honest, you think there'd be some resistance It wasn't even there, like a it's just, it's real quick, like... I mean, what do you think they do quick, in biker like, gangs, yep. dude? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's pretty fucked up. And then he pulls out the string and lights it. <laughs> and the guy gives him no information. <laughs> Gary Busey just okay, leaves Busey. the room. There's no like, all right, talker, I'm gonna light it. He's like, all right, you got 20 seconds. Busey Bye. Just goes up just and is like, leaves. okay, here's here's a pen. Here's a paper. Just right out where they are. Just whenever you're ready, just tell me where my daughters. Uh, well, I see you got about 20 seconds. I'll be your fast rider. Then he just walks out like he owns the place. And then it doesn't detonate But his heart rate goes up so high Because he's so scared of his asshole exploding He just dies on the spot He dies of anal trauma Slash fear That's our cold open They don't know if we're talking about Eye of the Tiger or How does that fit into the Snyderverse Tune in Hey, Chris, remember how you forgot how Superman died? Well, it turns <laughs> out. Oh, jeez. So, uh, you know, the ending of the movie isn't exactly spectacular or anything. Nothing much really happens. Alex, I guess if you'd like to talk about it. <laughs> I, I, look, like, I've seen this twice now. I still don't totally understand why Yafit Koto is in this movie. But when he gets in a fucking crop dusting airplane and starts dropping bombs on the biker gang, like just throwing them out of the side World War One style, it's oh that's weird. You said crop dust, and my hand just started clenching for some reason. I don't know. I wonder if it's a tumor. <laughs> I hope he, Mr. Crop Hopper's okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was you know a really weird place to cast Dane Cook in this movie, but uh, you know <laughs> I'm glad he was getting work back in the eighties. Join us on next week's episode <laughs> for thinking. Dude, we get the combination of his aerial bombardment from the crop duster with Gary Busey driving around his murder truck, shooting mortars out of the back, <laughs> just doing donuts in biker spaces. It's incredible. There, there's a higher concentration of in this movie than in any other movie I've ever seen. He is essentially just playing twisted metal when you put in all the cheats. Ah. No one can hurt you. He's just flying around shooting <laughs> missiles at people. I'm just people. Mr. Like, Grimm and guys... I tape the R2 button down to constantly shoot machine guns. <laughs> you guys remember the uh, the opening scene of Torque where they have the fucking motorcycles blow by the road <laughs> sign that flips around and says cars suck? <laughs> this is the opposite of that scene. <laughs> Oh shit, that's good. It is one of the most absurd endings to a movie I've just, ever seen. Just the most fucking green dick is better than blue dick truck murder <laughs> on these guys on two wheels. <laughs> this was made for the Ford F three. He wipes out like most of the gang with a combination of machine guns and also just making them eat his bumper. <laughs> Gets back into town. The sheriff wants to arrest him. He's like. Get in that fucking truck! <laughs> and the 
sort of drives them out there, and I'm like, oh wow, what's he gonna do? Is he gonna turn? No! The sheriff just explodes and dies in that truck. <laughs> he gets out of the truck, you're like, wait, the sheriff's like tied up in there, and then the whole thing explodes, and then Eye of the Tiger starts playing. <laughs> Dude, honestly, it's that's one of the so funniest end funny. credit stings since Resident Evil 2. <laughs> he commits murder. This crooked sheriff burns to death. <laughs> Rising up, back on the streets. <laughs> it's like fucking Bubble Boy. They just keep playing See, that was it. the thing. It's like, you know how in First Blood, like, the undercurrent of the fact that he served in Vietnam is, like, a major part of it. Same thing with, like, the guest. The fact that he served overseas is a major part of the movie. The fact that Gary Busey's character served in Vietnam... You know, not exactly playing subtle with it, with what he's doing to these people, like they're Viet Cong babies. <laughs> it exists solely for him to be able to just in the third act go, well, good thing I know how to do all this guerrilla murder. Hang on. <laughs> do you think that, that if we could have won that war in Vietnam if we had just dropped in like six Ford F-150s? <laughs> Honest to God, dude. This one's got four-wheel drive. They're fucked. Make throw as many branches down as they Just want. Like it's game over. Just a whole bunch of like jungle noises and like people's like, hey, watch your six take us over here. Three, and then you hear in the background. <laughs> 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 I'm just, I'm just thinking about the fucking scene in Band of Brothers where the fucking Shermans come through the hedgerow to save the troops. Except it's a dude in a Ford Ranger with a "Don't Tread on Me" flag and <laughs> truck nuts. <laughs> oh man, you know if this movie was made today, you'd have like a half dozen truck nuts. <laughs> if this movie were made today, it would just be a gang of truckers and one guy on a motorcycle. <laughs> the ultimate title. It's for... <laughs> a guy on a bicycle is tired of getting bullied onto the, the sidewalk. The ultimate title for this movie should have been "Like a Rock." <clears throat> oh hell yeah, dude! Now we're talking. So, anyone have any final thoughts on this Gary Busey movie? <laughs> Watch both of these movies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love I have the tiger fucking so rules dude <laughs> like you have to take our word for it it starts not like slow like boring but like you're wondering like why have they been talking about this movie for a year <laughs> and then he start he starts unrolling that chicken while you're like hang on a second and then it just turns into Gary Busey murdering bikers with his truck for 45 minutes. <laughs> Including him just going to a bingo hall being like, We gotta stand up and fight them! And then no one helps him, so he just murders them all by himself anyways. Yeah, we got trouble! We're right here in River City! <laughs> oh, it's, it's such a powerful fucking movie. And the best part is, like, he's at this bingo hall. It's all full of, like, grandmas and grandpas. Why aren't you fighting the motorcycle gang? And then one guy just like looks down like, damn, I should help him. And then he doesn't. And then Yafit Koto drops bombs out of his biplane. <laughs> <laughs> Yafit Koto spends the whole movie being like, yeah, I'm about to move out of this town. Let him have it. I don't care. Just flies around and throws bombs at people. James Brown in his place. That's the tea, sis. I 100% got Papa John's for dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah, Pooza. <laughs> <laughs>